Welcome to Hardly Initiated. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, in here with another episode of my co-host, Ryan Ketchins. Absolutely. Man, let me tell y'all, vacation was great, but I am glad to be back. Yes. <laughs> Listen, y'all, it's been too long, all right? We took off, what was that? Was that Sunday and? Off Sunday and Monday, but Sunday it feels and like Monday. Sunday. It just feels like weeks. It does. <laughs> it does. But we back and excited to be here, and we're going to come back and make up for every single day that we have missed with this guest that we got in here rocking with us today because we brought in here some Atlanta royalty hey. in here with us today. Facts. Hey. Facts. Hey. Yeah, we're not going to be humble today, y'all. Yeah. All right? We in here with Pastor Brian Meadows. Welcome to Harley Initiated. What it do? What it do? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Atlanta royalty. A lot of people don't know I was born and raised in Atlanta, in Atlanta, so that means a lot. I appreciate. I it. was excited. Yeah. We like, yo, we, we low key from the same neighborhoods yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. find out you over there, McNair High School. One hundred percent. Yeah. Two thousand four. The whole time we were speaking to you, you know, before I, we got started, yeah. I just felt I really wanted to say, man, you got that East Side, that East Atlanta, <laughs> that East Atlanta yeah. energy. Right, right, right. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Down yeah. to earth, but yeah. you know, still able to take over the world. Still, a bit, right? still real too. That's <laughs> the thing. Because some special people come. Come, come come from that way man so yeah, I, man. I knew it yes. i knew that's had to have been what it was so glad to have a, no, thank you so uh, much, atlanta native on the on the platform yes sir thank you so much for having me man i'm excited ready to get into this conversation i love you guys you guys are doing a phenomenal job the platform is popping all yeah. the guests are awesome so thank y'all so much for the invitation and look we add yes. we add you to the list y'all y'all see what we're here talking about we yeah. put here the spirituality of Oh my god. <laughs> on this joint. Y'all know y'all need this one here, all right? Because sex is some uh, to some degree a little bit all of us is struggling with this joint here. So we all need this one. I'm very excited about this one here for you. Before before we get into the actual word itself, let's go ahead and tell the people what we got going right. Listen, I'm going to make it quick because I need this ministry. I was telling Tyshawn, <laughs> I was like, man, God knew that 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 sex demon been on my back so yeah. I, I need you i yeah. need you oh, that's a, yeah but 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 real quick guys listen no show december uh december 31st we want to bring in new year's with the fam and and, and loved ones and yeah. we want to have a good time we want you to have a great time too so we're gonna take the evening off and we're gonna be right back on monday with i mean Oh, this, yeah. he's a hr legend at yeah this point. he is he is yeah y'all already know how we do when pastor james get rocking up in here and we doing all things new that's gonna be this monday we're gonna start the year right we're gonna get y'all something that you want to start the year off right with that's gonna be monday at 8 p.m y'all know how we do it yep. so we're gonna be back on our regular schedule program that all these holidays is out the way once that's over guys starting january 7th we are three times a week live episodes and this is the thing we we got the we got the memo we're gonna be spicing up the channel we're bringing all new episodes and oh i don't know if y'all can tell this but the just the pressure has been relieved because once we solidified the vision and really made a decision to service the people who supported us most, which is everybody listening at home right now. Everything has been so much easier, man. So we've got some great things coming for y'all. Just be patient. Yeah, be patient. Be patient. But no longer worry about being patient right now because we about to get to it yes. right now. All right. And I'm excited to talk about this topic here 100. because I remember we, we hopped on the phone before the show and game plan a little bit. And as soon as you told me that and said that phrase, I was like, I got, I got literally started getting goosebumps because I knew <laughs> how exciting it was going to be to jump into this topic yeah, here. Yeah. First of all, how'd you even come up with the concept of the spirituality of sex? Yeah, well, I mean, ever since I was a child, I was really, really spiritual. And by spiritual, you know, the word mm -hmm. spiritual can have a lot of different connotations. 
But John chapter four says God is a spirit. And when it says spirit, it's more so talking about the unseen or the invisible realm. So when we talk about the spiritual realm, we're talking about the realm that you can't see. So that's thoughts, words, feelings, uh, energy, emotions, all of that. Those things are not seen. They have to be revealed. So uh, when I was a kid, man, I was very drawn inward with meditation and prayer. I was always spiritual. Um, I ended up becoming a Buddhist. I ended up converting to Buddhism when I was about eight years old, practiced Buddhism for eight years. I was a vegan, wow. I meditated, did my martial arts did the whole thing, but I was radically saved uh, in 2004 uh, from a visitation from the Lord Jesus. So after that, that spirituality just uh, just kind of just spilled over into my Christianity. I was very, very spiritual in the sense that I, I didn't want to just go to church. I wanted to make sure that this stuff worked. You know what I mean? I came from martial arts. I came from a degree of uh, pragmatism where things had to work. So when I got into Christianity, I wanted to understand the science behind prayer. I wanted to understand mm. the mechanics behind impartation. Like what is preaching all about? Like when the scripture talks about the foolishness of preaching, confounding the wise, how does that happen? So it just made me really deal into the scripture. Um, and one of the most significant topics throughout the scripture is intimacy, relationships, sex, and sexuality. So as I start to study that, I start to understand that there was something behind the interaction between man and woman. There was something behind that. Um, whether it was purpose or perversion, there was something pushing people to interact the way that they did. So I wanted to study that. You know, I was interested in that. And the more I did that, um, I've been saved now since 2004. I've been pastoring. I've been in ministry since 2005. I've been pastoring since 2011. So that entire time, mm. counseling couples, doing marriages, marriage counseling, divorce counseling, uh, it just gave me a different view and a different perspective of sex and sexuality. Wow. Yeah. So you went, you hit it from the marriage counseling part on the front end before, like premarital? Yeah. And yeah. then the divorce. Yeah. Because a lot of times divorce is usually three main issues. It's usually money, sex, communication, something like that. Um, and so a lot of times when you're dealing with uh, issues, when you're dealing with contention in a person's relationship or marriage, intimacy and sex is usually the primary thing. So yeah, you mm. got to deal with sex a lot. Yeah. So we start to try to make sure yeah, we're dealing with the spirituality of sex. So everything I'm, I'm saying, I'm thinking about four or five things, but we hit, it, <laughs> <laughs> we hit it on the front end, pause. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. We try to deal with it on yeah. the front end uh, right. to make sure that, you know, at least expectations are clear, you know, at least some type of um, 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 standards are established, some type of expectations and needs are established so that when they get into the marriage bed, they at least know what to do. Yeah. Man. So you got a yeah. realm of knowledge here, premarital counseling, divorce oh, counseling. Yes. The whole gambit yes. of have you, and this is just a side note here, absolutely yeah. random, but have you ever seen a client come in for premarital and you had to serve them for divorce as well? Same uh, is, is that yet, a trick question? Close. <laughs> not yet. <No. laughs> he said close. Not yet, right. but close. Yeah, I, I've definitely, I've married some people um, that marriages uh, went through some difficult situations. Um, I've seen people come in married that were great. I'm talking about like communication, interaction, sex, intimacy, everything was working and they still got a divorce. So wow. yeah, I've seen, I've seen the gamut wow. of relationships from good, bad, ugly, all that. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. It is. Because when we're talking about the spirituality of sex, I'm, I love, by the way, you walked me into how you were able to come up with that, the ideation yeah. of the concept itself. And from you ideating and delving into it, you know, what were your, how do you even define, what would you, you know, call the, or define as the spirituality of sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really uh, making sure that you are intentional 
and you're looking for a level of competence and mastery on the things again that we cannot see not just the physical part you know what i mean okay uh, but intimacy foreplay um whether it's affirmation your communication uh gentleness uh first corinthians chapter i mean not first corinthians chapter 12 first corinthians chapter 12 tells us about the gifts of the spirit which are great but galatians chapter 5 tells us about the fruits of the spirit and one of the fruits of the spirit is a word called gentleness and that's needed especially as men we're very aggressive but the scripture calls the woman the weaker vessel that mm -hmm. word weaker doesn't mean less in rank or value it means fragile a woman is fragile she has a level of fragility which is good we want a woman that is fragile that is feminine right trauma hardens a person so that's why most of the time we meet a person they have a shell they have a they have their guards up because through trauma through experiences through disappointment through discouragement they've learned to put up their guard so a lot of times when we're interacting with a female the female may have a level of hardness but it's because of what she's been through yeah. she's only going to be fragile around somebody she can trust she's only going to be fragile around somebody that she has some level of a uh, uh, trust with some level of uh you know a uh, cachet with some level of history with and then she can let her guard down but a lot of times when a woman lets her guard down and she is fragile a man is not gentle enough to manage her because we're aggressive we're heavy-handed in everything that we do even if we compliment a woman we're going to be heavy-handed if mm. we correct a woman we heavy-handed so just learning how to be gentle not just with her physically but with her mentally and emotionally so that's what we mean when we talk about the spirituality of sex we're talking about mm. you going beyond the physical and really becoming a master and a student of what people can't see how do i master that so, how to, yeah. Yeah, so what's the what's like the aspects, yeah. Yeah. the components of this joint yeah. so I can know what it is I actually need to go about mastering it? Well, this. hear me. The scripture says dwell with a woman according to knowledge, right? Knowledge, mm. Ginesco. It literally means to have an intimate understanding of a person. So that takes observation. That, that takes studying. That takes communication. That takes listening. And hear me, that takes time. See, the problem is you can't get Ganesco or you can't get knowledge with a one night stand mm. overnight, just in a month or even in a quarter. It takes going through seasons with a person for you to understand the stuff that people cannot see. Everybody can see certain stuff. Everybody can see her lips, her tips, her fingertips, her, her hips and all that different kinds of stuff. People can see that, but they don't know her hurt. They don't know her pain. They don't know her distrust. They don't know her loyalty. They don't know that type of stuff. And that takes time. And if you're dating randomly, it takes hard to build up that knowledge with 18 different people or 10 different people or five different people. So a lot of times this type of understanding with this type of knowledge is rarely seen outside of marriage. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it does take a commitment and it does take loyalty and it does take a uh, longevity and faithfulness with a person for you to unlock that unseen part for you to be able to study it and observe it. Cause a lot of times you're dating an imposter, mm -hmm. right? You're dating the best version. <laughs> no, that's true. Cause people put up their best version of themselves right. not just the first date but a lot of times in the dating stage oh, yeah. they only want you to see the good stuff they don't tell you about the uh the debt and they don't tell you about the depression they don't tell you about the mental illness that runs in their family but these are the conversations we should be having while we're dating to determine do we want to go further in the dating process because we may be wasting time with somebody we really don't want to commit with or commit to you know what i mean so um that type of information is usually locked until there's a level of commitment and loyalty which comes usually after the i do i like that so much wow i mean I mean, I already knew I was doing it the wrong way but you you, <laughs> you, you, you breaking it down that way it lets me really know the situation and uh, let me ask you this because 
man, it's, it's so crazy. I just need so much help with this. <laughs> so I'm crazy. not even going to lie to you. Because the thing is, I've tried to position myself to think so many different get arounds around just not having sex with women I don't have a commitment to. Yeah. I've tried the friends, the, the casual situation. Mm-hmm. I've tried letting them know daily reminders, the situation. I've I've tried literally every, I've tried to, hey, maybe I don't know you. And, yeah. and maybe I try a random, I've tried yeah. every single thing. Yeah. And I just can't get away from, I should not be doing this. Yeah. I got but, you. But, mm-hmm. I, but I understand all of the, the risk like yeah. it's, it's i understand that i've been hearing that for a long time yeah and i understand why it's a benefit mm-hmm. but i don't i have yet to been able to adopt the mindset yeah and i don't understand what is the mindset that i must have to to see these things different yeah because right now as risky as things are i just feel like it's not scaring me enough i got you and i don't want to get to that point yeah to where it's I, it's something catastrophic comes 100%. from this situations. So what mindset do I need to be adopting to make a, a real change? Man, that's okay. So this is a loaded conversation. Um, it's hard to deal with perversion outside of purpose. A lot of times there is no pressure to deal with perversion if you don't understand your purpose. If you don't understand how detrimental perversion is to your purpose, then there's usually not pressure to address the perversion because I don't know what I was born to do. I don't know that what I'm doing is detrimental to my destiny and detrimental to my mental health and my emotional health and my spiritual health. And those things are needed for me to accomplish my purpose and my assignment. So it's just like an athlete, right? Anybody can drink soda and eat potato chips and eat cookies because they're not an athlete. Why am I trying to live that that well if I'm not an athlete? I'm not going for a championship. But once you understand the race that you're running, once you understand the league that you're in, once you understand the arena that you are playing in, once you understand your purpose and your destiny and your assignment, then just like an athlete, man, I got to be careful about what I put in my body because I'm trying to win a race. Like I don't want to just come in third or fourth or fifth. No woman wants to be with a loser and not just a loser because you can be a winner in a bedroom, but a loser in life. Mm. Like you can be putting it down in the bedroom, but you ain't got no money. You ain't got no career. You ain't got no purpose. You don't know where your destiny is going. You're not growing. And so eventually a woman will leave a man who has good sex for a man that is growing in their purpose, in their calling and in their business. So you just got to see the correlation between the perversion and purpose and how you're not able to truly be all that you're supposed to be, all that God wants you to be, because you're giving the best of yourself to people you're not committed to. Mm. If you're committed to God, right, you should be giving the best of yourself to him because hear me okay so sex and we we got a lot of different things that we could talk about but i want to deal with the energy behind it right um number one think about how much energy you're giving out right when you're having sex think about how much perspiration think about how much time now think about the time that you need to develop your business your calling your assignment Think about the time that you need to pray, you need to worship, you need to study. You've given out all of that energy. You've given out all of that perspiration. You've given out all of that passion. Passion is the fuel of purpose. Remember, you cannot accomplish your purpose without passion. But passion is also the fuel for sexuality or sex. So whenever you're having sex, you're giving away your passion. That's why if you have good sex, what you want to do afterwards? Go to sleep. You follow what I'm saying? You want to go to sleep because that's what you do after you've accomplished something. 
after you've won something. Mm. So that's what you should feel after you've accomplished your assignment at the end mm. of a phenomenal day when you've been productive. But you got men that can't be productive in their purpose because they're giving all of their. Pa- can I? Can I? Can you can yeah, please. Yes. 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 <laughs> Y'all gonna bleep it or what? No. 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 no, no, no. I, I, listen. Look, this, this, it, it's look. not even nobody's. Why? It's just us it's three just right us. now. It's just okay. us. It's just the we, fellas talking right I'm now. Telling you. You told me to bring the rose. I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but if you're given all your passion in sex, you will have a lack of passion in purpose. You follow me? The only the only relationship that reciprocates passion when it's given is the marriage bed. That's why marriage is so important, because when you're giving the passion, it's a return. When she when you're serving her and she's serving you as you're giving passion, she's giving passion. So you leave the marriage bed stronger. And if you notice that when you have sex, when you marry, you leave feeling, man, I'm on top of the world. I'm feeling good. You leave sex when you're not married. That thing is depleting. You lose energy, you lose dignity, you lose, you lose nobility. So now you don't even feel like accomplishing your purpose, man. Let me go find a blunt. Let me go find some alcohol because I need to drown out or medicate the fact that I feel like I've given the best of myself to a situation that ain't going to even become anything. So you got to preserve your passion. You got to guard your passion. The scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. There are so many people that are frustrated because they cannot come. Like, why can't I get out of bed in the morning? Why do I, why do I don't, why don't I feel like working out? Why don't I feel like writing that book? All the passion, which is the fuel for your future, you've given out doing other things, whether it's masturbation, whether it's porn, whether it's sex, whether it's just uh, no prayer, because prayer is one of the things that builds passion. So um, a lot of people have passion leaks, and that's why they're not able to accomplish their purpose. Damn. First of all. Yeah. Okay. So I've been to a lot of sermons. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't ever think I've heard a message specifically about sex and discipline and just kind of what is all inclusive of it. I I literally just thought about that as many times. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everything that you do with your body is spiritual. That's number one. We got to stop thinking that spirit just means like a ghost or just energy. Remember, Jesus was 100 percent God, 100 percent man. He showed us that the apex of divinity is a composite of both physical and spiritual. So true spirituality is mastery over both the unseen world and the seen world. Yes. True spirituality is mastery over my emotions and my body. And it's only when I have mastery over my emotions and my body that I can actually accomplish my assignment. Most people are not doing what they want to do. They're doing what they're driven to do. Every action I make, I should be able to make soberly, clear-headed. I should be able to make intentionally, not based on a knee-jerk reaction on my passion, my perversion, my hurt, my issues, my trauma, my triggers. Nothing that I do should be uncontrollable. Everything that I should do should be based on my purpose, my destiny, and my decisions. And my decisions are a byproduct of my will. My will is the strength of my, get this, sin weakens the will. Will is the, the, the muscle of your decisions. If you're going to make a decision, you need will, willpower. I'm, I am going to work out. I am going to eat right. I am going to say no, say no to sex. I am going to live consecrated. I'm going to be abstinent. That takes willpower. But sin weakens the will. Every time you say yes to something you should say no to, it weakens the will. 
Yep. Every time you say no to something you should say yes to, it weakens the will. It makes it harder for you to make a decision when you need to make a decision. That's why sin is so detrimental. We keep thinking that God doesn't want us to sin because sin is keeping us out of heaven. If you're born again, if you're blood bought, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven, but you may not be able to bring heaven here. You may not be able to accomplish Damn. your purpose here because you don't have the will and the strength to do it because you're living in sin. God don't want you to not sin because you may miss heaven. God doesn't want you to sin because you won't be strong enough to do what you're called to do here. Damn. Y'all listen. That's crazy. Can you please, <laughs> can y'all please just hit the like button real yeah, quick on this? That great yeah. like. Just everybody, we just we just deserve it. And y'all have to share this because y'all already see we only 20 minutes in. People need this message right now because we just warming up. So please share this and like this joint so we can spread this message as far and wide as humanly possible so we can get some folks up in this joint right now. Yeah, we we out here because I, I I don't I don't even think people understand. I know I didn't understand. I, I'm yeah. just now. It's like it is really within the past, I would say, three or four months because I've, I've done I've done the abstinent thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've just had time to, to multiple times where I didn't experience extended period of time where I'm yeah. abstinent. Yeah. But even when I was abstinent, in my mind, I was just just creating a little naughty list. You know what I'm saying? Just the things I was going to come back to. Uh -huh. I'm like, OK, look, hey, I got eight more months. I'll be back at that. You know, and now that. I'm a chosen abstinence and I and I and I made a mistake. I made a mistake. But this is the first time I ever felt like what's the word? Like really upset, like disappointed. Like mm. um it's the first time I I felt like I gave somebody something mm. and they was undeserving. It's the first time I ever felt she was like ugly. That. It's, it's, <laughs> and see, that's the thing. I, I you you say that. But that's spiritually, the spiritually. No, 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 no. That's the thing. Because I had to think about that too. Yeah. I'm like, would I have felt like this if if she was ugly? Is it you know what I'm saying? But right. but it, but it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. I, and I don't even what is that? I don't even know what it is. It's just literally the first it's time conviction. ever. I feel, it's conviction. Mm. It, it is the fact that you should be living higher than that. You should still not be a slave to the basis of your emotions. We're not animals, right? So I see fine women all the time. Get married don't mean you don't see fine women, but it's about your decisions. The only way you can get to where you want to get to is all about your decisions. It's all about making the best decision at the best time that's going to lead me down the best path for my purpose and for my destiny. And that decision also includes who I'm communicating with, who I'm dating, who I'm sleeping with. So, I mean, we all make mistakes, um, but when you start feeling that level of frustration that you're feeling, that's because you're starting to disappoint yourself. Mm. When you start to wow. disappoint yourself, that's why the scripture says, Every other sin is without the body or when it says without the King James means outside. Right. So every other sin is outside of the body. Only sexual sin. You're doing it to yourself. Think about that. If I lie to somebody, I'm lying to them. If I cheat on somebody or whatever, I'm not cheating as far as sex. But if I, you know, extort somebody or steal money. Right. But when I have sex, when I do something sexually illicit or sexually immoral, I'm literally sinning against me. I'm literally saying, I don't trust you enough. I don't believe in you enough, wow. right? I don't care about you enough. I'm literally hurting myself. There's another scripture in the book of Proverbs says, that says, a foolish woman plucks down or breaks down her own house. Who would break down the house that they're living in? Hmm. Now, when it says foolish woman, it's not just dealing with a woman. It's dealing with people, right? right? All right. 
Why would you break down the house that you're living in? Remember, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why would you break down? Why would you sin against you when this is the only body you got, right? So if I traumatize this and then all throughout life, now I have to look through a lens of trauma because of my deliberate, repeated offenses against not just God, but against me, then I have to, you know, I'm telling you, I have to live with that. There is one pain uh, greater than abstinence or greater than uh, delayed gratification. And that's the pain of regret. You know mm. what I mean? So you can either say, hey, I'm not going to have it and deal with the pain of not having it or I'm going to have it, but deal with the pain of regret. You know what I mean? And dealing with the pain that I could have been spending this great time with somebody else that meant something. Right. I could have been given this idea, this passion of this creativity. I could have been given all of this energy to another project, making some money. And all I did was give her the same thing that the next guy going to give. her. Right. You know, this is actually an extremely practical message. Yes. Because at the point where your purpose, your mission, your assignment is now going to be at the detriment of your sexual desires. Don't do it. Like it's, it's literally that simple. And I don't think a lot of us have found that assignment. A lot of us are lost. We're wanderers, which is one of the most dangerous things that we can be doing is wandering. And if you are not in your purpose, because when you in your purpose, when you in your assignment, focused and you're focused, the level of fulfillment, the level of euphoria that you get when you're doing and accomplishing is so you can have an orgasmic feeling in your purpose. So you got to figure out how to bust a nut in your purpose. Yeah, right. Okay. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, yeah. That's wild. It right, is. Right. That's a t-shirt. But That's you know wild. what I'm saying? Don't ever put that on a t-shirt. No, Who I wouldn't wear that on a t-shirt? I won't put that on a t-shirt. No. But you got to feel my analogy here. No, I, I, I don't want to feel nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. That's But no, no. What you're saying is you need to be able to feel a level of fulfillment and satisfaction from your purpose and from your calling. And you shouldn't have to get that from a female or from an orgasm. No, yes. 100%. No, you're 100% right. Yeah. So it makes sense though, too. And it's just, and it's crazy because for me, it's the same thing. Like now I'm really seriously yeah. dating a young woman. Yeah. And like I went to go see her family and, you know, over Christmas. And, oh man. Wow. You know, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what's right. happening right now. But, but now it's like, that's, that's what I'm on. But I now understand too. I was talking to Ryan about it at the, like, we're playing at a level now yeah. where, these slip-ups that can happen, I'm telling sexu- you, like it just bringing just just to go ahead and have that orgasm, yeah, can bring down the like it can bring down the empire, one hundred percent at this point in time, one hundred percent. So we 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 have to be very disciplined, yeah, and uh, like you said, be really aggressively achieving that level of mastery and fortifying ourselves. But look at and but, sex is a weak spot, man. But, man. but look at what we're saying. It's like uh, a man that does delay gratification for his purpose, for his destiny, for his calling, for his assignment. And he does get that kind of mentality where he's focused, where he's, you know, really focused on what God has called him to do or just focus on his business or whatever the case may be. And he does start to find fulfillment and he's, he does start to find a level of satisfaction in that. Watch me. That becomes attractive to a female. A female loves to see a man fulfilled, right? And so what happens a lot of times is we don't know why we're not getting the female that we need is because we're not fulfilled. When we're not fulfilled, we don't attract the right people. That's a fact. Are you following me? When we're not full, when we're not satisfied, we don't attract the right people. But if we're satisfied, we will attract people that ain't got nothing else to give us but to help us accomplish our purpose. You ain't got nothing you can give me. 
I don't seen all the fine women and I don't told them, no, I got money. I'm, I'm focused on my calling, my career. You ain't got nothing to add to me, but to be my woman. See, if you got a hole, if you got a gap, if you got a void, she's going to try to fill that void. She's going to automatically try to become something to satisfy you. That's pressure. That's pressure that she shouldn't have, right? You should be 100. You should be complete. You should be whole. You should be satisfied when we meet. So I'm not looking for her to satisfy me. Now, mm. then sex becomes pleasure, not therapy. Mm. Ooh, damn. People using sex as therapy. Man, man I want to cuss. Oh, Wait, my God. God. No, no, no. Yes. No, you, you, sex yeah. is therapy. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm anxious. Have sex. I'm afraid. Have sex. I'm mad. Have sex. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm depressed. One hundred percent. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Have sex, and they're having sex, and they get that momentary pleasure. But this is what's destroying relationships. They have sex. They get the momentary pleasure through the orgasm. But when they get up, they still feel empty. Yep. And then they start thinking like, Why isn't this person fulfilling me? Mm. Why isn't this person satisfying me? You know why? Nobody can satisfy your lack of understanding your own purpose. No, no amount of man, no amount of sex can satisfy a lack of understanding of purpose. Dick don't replace destiny. No matter how you try to make it, no matter how much sex you have, it's not going to replace or satisfy that urge to accomplish something great for God. And that is when sex truly becomes a drug. One, oh, 100%. It gets reduced yeah. to a drug at that point when you're using it as the substance to escape whatever it, whatever feeling you're experiencing at that point, 100%. which is truly dangerous. It's, That's why you just got those calls you make right? oh throughout, throughout the week. 10 o'clock, what you doing? Nine o'clock, what you doing? <laughs> yeah. Where you at? What you Because that's your that's your that's your weed man. Hit, oh, that's your drug man. Yo, you know what I mean? Hey, no. hey your late night, your late night little joint. That's your weed, man. Men and women alike. Men and what? women alike. And it, and it gets so tricky, too, especially because, you know, it's holiday She's your season. Weed, man? It's holiday season right now, you know. And a lot of those feelings that you talked about, they definitely popped up on my shoulders. They popped up. <laughs> I called Tyshawn. I said, bruh. I said, I need a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, I need a wife because that thing, it was on me. Yeah. And I was available. That's the thing. I was a, I was with my with my family, but I don't have a. Is like that a, a tear? Because it, it, yeah. it's Ryan, it's oh my! It's, 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 it's hidden, Ryan. Ryan it's got hidden, the tears though. flowing. It's tonight. hidden. It's hidden. It was because it was really on me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And don't get me wrong, I got my my nuclear family, which is my my mom, my grandma, but I don't have my own children. Right. So even when it comes to building, it was more so when I'm with my family, it's a check in, mm -hmm. and then when I'm with my boys' family, it's just kind of the same thing. I'm kind of seeing what the model looks like, mm -hmm. but I'm not really building anything my, my next leg because it's just me yeah and i was really thinking so after every evening i would literally think you know what it'd be good it'd, some pussy be real good right now yeah yeah <laughs> chill yeah. with the family the whole day ate some home cooked meal some pussy would be really really good yeah. right now yeah and i i just could not shake it off and i was detailing to tyshawn that i think and you let me know if this is accurate but in my mind i, I i'm i'm thinking that it's because I haven't decided to build that next generation and kind mm. of family yet. What, 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 the feeling of? Not the feeling, but, it, but, but I felt like I was, was le least, uh, less protected because I didn't have, because vacation, because yeah. this thing, most people, or I think ideally for me, vacation would have been the time to kind of 
get every, where everybody at, you know, make sure everybody moving in the right direction. You know, you got to check in with the fam. Yeah. It's kind of like you making sure everybody is the sale. Yeah. But for me, it was like days off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's when a lot of the yeah. lust and stuff was creeping up on me. So, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is is that me using an excuse? Hey, I'm not just building yeah. a family right now, so I don't got that much going on. Or is it like, what do I need to do? To well, kinda... I mean, it's two things. Number one, the feeling of, man, I want some pussy is not a bad feeling. Number one, that's mm. a that's a masculine feeling. That's a man feeling. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of times in religion or in the church, we make people feel bad for wanting sex. We are sexual beings. And so because of that, we want intimacy. We want interaction. We want sex. We want communication. We want that level of friendship, camaraderie. We want that level of covenant because we are spiritual beings. So the first thing is don't demonize the feeling. Right mm. now, how you manage the feeling, if you've managed it through trauma, through perversion, you know, everything that you've done in your puberty and you're still dealing with those those same addictions or habits. Now, that's something that you need to address because that just shows a lack of growth, a lack of discipline, a mm. lack of self-control. So you need to grow in those areas and God gives you grace to grow in those areas. But the feeling of, man, I want a female. I want a woman. That's a good feeling because that's actually a sign that you've hit a certain place in your life. Right. You've hit a certain stage of maturity where you need that stability of sexuality and intimacy that is a good thing that is yeah. just that's god telling you all right you've grown up that's mm. it that's the, that's the lord telling you all right it's time for you to settle down it's time for you to have a partner not just somebody that you can be promiscuous with but a partner and that's a good thing that's always a sign of growth mm. man this is heavy right now i want you to give something special <clears throat> and let's talk to the people right now, because this is what they call right around these um, times of the month, cuffing season. Right, right. You know, so th that feeling that we describing, it can ex especially kick in right now. 100%. And I don't know if that feeling is always <laughs> authentic, yeah. you know, or right, yeah. even. Um, so let's talk about that, because as it relates to, you know, the time of year where we want to just kind of lay up and have somebody to cuddle up with and, right. and be comfortable with. How does how should somebody manage those urges and desires? Because that's yeah. what we kind of talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> should we should we look at that or understand that that might be a potential danger, mm. or is that also healthy? And what you're describing is that is that the same as, as a genuine healthy desire to be someone, or or can there be some unhealthy urges yeah. and wants yeah, associated yeah, yeah. with you know that? No, one hundred percent. So first of all, shameless plug, uh, I have an app right? I have an app. Uh, it's called the Brian Meadows app. Anybody that got Android, Google, uh, uh, Apple, just go to your app store, type in, um, type in Brian Meadows, type in B-R-Y-A-N-M-E-A-D-O-W-S. It's a free app. You can download it. And literally I got like, um, four or five relationship series on the app catch feelings not flights or catch flights not feelings we got cakes we got uh sneaky links we got a lot of different <laughs> relationships yeah we, we got a, a lot of good relationship series but one of our best relationship series is actually called cuffing season that's probably like our highest watched or our highest listened to uh relationship series it's called cuffing season because i deal with this a lot um number one i think it's already disrespectful right for you to only see me certain times of the year 
Wow. I feel like that's disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to get rid of the commitment or get rid of the <laughs> obligation, you know, in all the other parts of the year. And then when it starts to get a little cold, when the season starts to change, all of a sudden you remember my phone number. How many times can you be disrespected and still give in to the same person, to the same relationship, to the same sexual experience? You've had it already. So how many times are you going to get disrespected? So um, to go back to um, uh, Ryan's point, yes, to a degree, um, it is healthy. Because the need, the urge for intimacy and sexuality and communication is healthy and it is right. It is human. But, bruh, if it only comes around when you need it, that's selfish. Mm. If it's only if you only engage it when you want it, when you're lonely, not talking about the other person, you just think about yourself. Right. And you at home and you get lonely, you at home and you feel by yourself. And so you're going to hit up somebody and you're going to insert yourself into a life. They already doing their own thing. They may be dating somebody else new. They may have, they may be trying to live holy. They may be going after their purpose and they calling. But now all of a sudden, because you have a need, you hit them up. Hear me. Whenever sex is initiated based on your desire and your need, it will always be selfish and selfish intimacy will always be abusive. Nobody's going to feel good after that because you got yours. They didn't get theirs. I'm not talking about they they got their orgasm. They could have got their orgasm, but did they feel valued? Did you hold them and tell them? Now, again, you got a lot of females that may not want that. They may be in cuffing season just like you, and it may be like a mutual type of thing, then y'all just y'all just hurting each other. Y'all just, you know, kind of prolonging the inevitable because both of y'all gonna wake up one day and say, Dang, I want a husband or yeah. Dang, I want a wife. Mm. And then y'all gonna have to have that conversation and it's gonna be traumatizing. It's gonna be hurtful and it's going to take a long time to get over it. So now when they marry, they husband is having to deal with you. They husband can't really break through. They husband can't have sex, get their whole heart. Get their... Now you can't either. Because you're dealing with a wife and you figure it like, dang, why my sex ain't hitting like it was mm. before I got married. Because you don't marry somebody that did everything you did. I mean, you don't marry somebody that had four or five people that they've given their heart to. And now they're trying to find themselves in a marriage. Mm. Of course, you're going to be frustrated. But how are you going to be frustrated when you made a female like that, too? Right. You gave another guy a broken female. So now that you got a broken female, you can't be mad that you got a broken female. Fix the heifer. I mean, fix her. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I get it. Like, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so how well, hold on, first of all, I think that's one of that's that's a lot of brothers' fears is to be able to mess around Bruh. and get a woman. No matter how broken the brother might be, he's still scared to get a broken woman. <laughs> but you broke him, though. And that's that's just that's the reality situation. So it's kind of crazy because when I'm thinking about that, and you know, you might be in a situation with somebody who is broken. How do you, first of all, just to be clear, yeah, what does that look like, by the way? If a woman is broken mm-hmm. because of some people that she's been in a relationship she yeah. hasn't might maybe not have dealt with things in the past yeah what is what is that okay look ask like? this let me just say this real real quick yeah all right helpful <clears throat> was a joke let me just make sure i say that oh right. they know, they know. <laughs> helpful <laughs> was a joke my grandmama used the word helpful it's just it's just funny but um uh just want to make sure i say that but uh yeah all right ask that one more time as as far as it relates to the um a broken woman. Yeah. If there, if you, if she's broken in a relationship, what does that look like? Like, how do you identify oh, brokenness, man. especially if it's related to still being attached and oh, not fit being fixed from old relationships? On, man, man. While you in one, especially while you in one. Um, how do you identify brokenness when stuff don't work? 
Think about if you have a, a, a technical, a, a technological a device, a computer or something like that. If you press a button and that input don't produce the right output, yeah. that's a sign something's wrong. Yeah. So if I give you a compliment, the compliment should produce a level of appreciation, mm. adoration, right? Celebration. So if I say, baby, you look good. If I put the input in and the output is what you're trying to say. Something ain't right. Mm. Something is broken, right? If I'm trying to express intimacy and I'm like, babe, what you doing today? Or man, you know, I miss you. What's going on? Why you miss me? That's a sign something's broken. You know what I mean? So when stuff don't work right, when stuff don't talk right, when stuff don't act right, it's usually a sign that something is broken, right? Think about triggers. Um, and I don't want to go into a long story, but I remember I was in elementary school and we had a literature teacher and the literature teacher, she uh, kept horses. That's what she liked to do. She was a, a Esquire. Esquire. Um, Esquire? A, um, oh, equ equestrian. Equestrian. Oh, that's the word? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's, a, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, was, <laughs> they used to have a team. They used to have an equestrian team at the, uh, when I was an undergrad. I, okay. I remember that. Yeah. She rode horses, right? Okay. So uh, one day uh, she went out and she was going to get ready to ride a horse. So she was going to bathed the horse and groomed the horse before she rode it. What she didn't know is that the, the horse had got stung by a bee and it had a bee sting underneath the belly of the horse. Mm. So while she goes to wash the horse, which is a good gesture, while she goes to take care of the horse and groom the horse, which is a phenomenal gesture, all of a sudden she ended up hitting an area that was wounded or area that was sensitive to the touch. She ended up hitting that bee, that bee sting. And when she hit that bee sting, that horse start going crazy it ended up trampling her like stomping on her so she ended up having to get surgery i mean they told us that she had this accident and i remember it was like two or three months after that and the principal came into the into the room and she said guess what uh miss so-and-so is back at school and so everybody's like this is amazing. This is awesome. I mean, we were getting excited. Oh my God. It was like, are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? We like, come on, let's come on in. They opened the door. She came in. Everybody was like, ah! what happened? She was a white lady. So when she got stumped by that horse, she was blue. She was black. She was green. She had bruises all over her. Wow. And it was scary. Now that happened in the physical. What we don't see is the bruises on a person's soul. We don't see how many men done trampled over her. And, and the same with men, how many women done trampled over him, how many women done used him for his sex, for his money, for his status, for his notoriety, for his car, for whatever, and how many women been used for their body or for their house or for their money or whatever the case may be. When you do that to a person, you bruise their soul. So now all of a sudden you get with them and you don't know that you don't know why. When you hug them, ouch. I'm not talking about physically they say ouch, mm, but there's a level of distrust. Right. If there's that distrust, something's broken. Mm, if there's a level, if there's a guard up, something's broken. If there's a lack of co communication, something's broken. So that's usually how you tell that something's broken. Wow. Yeah. And ideally, ideally, Pastor, we want to see and identify this while we dating. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 100%. Because the single season should be the season that you use to get whole. The single season should be the season that you use to get healed. 
Patch up the wounds for the most part. Patch up the wounds. Everything that you did before you got saved or before you met God, before you understood your purpose, get that stuff right because it's going to be detrimental to the person you commit to. Now, they're going to have to work through all of those issues. You ever heard of scar tissue? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So even when a scar heals, it develops tissue that you end up having to get rid of lest it creates a callus or a hard place. And a lot of people, they've never gotten rid of the scar tissue. They've healed. They've de- like they've tried to address it. They've went to counseling, but they've never gotten rid of the scar kit, the scar tissue. They still have a hard exterior because they're trying to protect something. They're trying to either protect their personality. They're trying to protect their sexuality that's been taken advantage of so many times. And you can't blame them for trying to protect what's most precious to them after people have abused it. But it does become hard when you marry somebody and they are so used to protecting themselves that they can't even be vulnerable with the person they said I do it. Wow. Guys, hold on. Wait, we got about we just hit fourteen yeah. people in the chat. It's it's growing 1400. very quickly. Fourteen hundred people in here right now, and we still only got about four hundred likes. Yeah. So let's push it to six hundred real quick, guys. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up so we can go ahead and continue to spread this message. Let's get yeah. to six hundred. I just need two hundred new people to press that thumbs up while we in here and enjoying this message. I had to slow down the chat because the chat was getting <clears> a little crazy. So I just shut down the chat to initiates only. Initiates only, baby. Join the conversation tonight. So if you're not an issue, you've been on the fence, but you're a subscriber and you love us, join the channel, support the channel. We got a bunch of great stuff coming for you guys. And plus, I mean, Pastor Meadows is just really taking the conversation to new heights right I now. So this, we, we need he to is. love, okay? Now, I want to uh, just give a shout outs let's do and, it and a super chat let's do it and then i want to talk some tactics too because i don't want to be a player no more <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure it's a lot of people listening they don't they, they don't want to play the games no more either yeah, yeah but they keep being sucked into it yeah pause no pause <laughs> 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 I was trying to say that <laughs> Hey, real see, talk though. It's all, all the way. You get all the way clean yet, y'all. It's still in his, it's still in his subconscious, deeply in his subconscious. But go ahead. So real quick, shout out to everybody showing loves, dropping the bottle. Shout out to Shati and Yali for dropping the membership for the fam. Shout out to VJ for always getting us popped off with the super chat. And shout Love out to you, every initiate who has joined us. And Shati did it twice, as a matter of fact. Shati is going nuts. But um, wow. real quick. Shout out to Yas. Yas sent over a super chat, which we got to address, and it's very important. She says, what's up, HI team? I am a 43-year-old virgin. Amen. This is normal in my country, but seen as abnormal in America. Now, the question is, what country are right. you from? Right, drop we your country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might be coming over there looking for a wife. So. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetical question. Hypothetical question, okay? Is it true that if I have sex with a man who is depressed, or has low self-worth mm-hmm. that his energy would then be transferred to me? Um, the short answer is yes, but there are a few variables. Um, sex is the exchange of energy. Sex is spiritual. And when we say energy, another word for energy is just spirit. In Christianity, we use the word spirit. Um, in other spiritual disciplines, they may use the word energy, but we're dealing with the same thing. When we say spirit, we're not talking about a ghost or a little person. We're talking about an energy, right? Anger has an energy. Lust has an energy. Uh, fear has an energy. So if you lay down repeatedly, that's why I say the caveat is the, the the variable is many times the consistency or the frequency of you laying down right if you lay down with somebody one time are you going to get attached to them to a degree yes but the attachment may not be strong now let's go ahead and work this when we talk about a covenant Another word for covenant is the word soul tie. And I'm sure we've all heard the word soul tie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a covenant. Now, when we talk about a soul tie, a soul tie is like an umbilical cord. 
All right. It is in order for something to transfer, in order for something to travel spiritually, there must be a conduit or there must be a channel upon which that spiritual thing transfers or travels. That is what we call a soul tie, right? Um, a soul, the soul is the wheel, the mind, the emotions. So when we say soul tie, we're just talking about a connection in the wheel. That's our decision. So whenever we both make a decision to do something together, we make the same decision. There's going to be a connection to a certain degree. All right. Um, so the wheel, the mind, how we think. And that's usually going to be uh, promulgated through conversation. When a man talks, yeah, I see it this way. She's going to be saying, oh, I see it this way. The more y'all converse and communicate, you're going to start feeling a bit of connection. So mm. the mind, the wheel, and then the emotions. When y'all feel the same thing, when y'all have experiences that garner or instigate the same type of emotion. So if you go through a car accident and both of y'all have a level of fear together, that fuses a soul together. Y'all go to mm. a movie, y'all go to an event, a concert, and both of y'all are having a phenomenal time. That fuses the soul together. So whenever you're having these types of interactions, there's going to be a level of connection. Uh, but many times uh, it's about the frequency of the connection that will determine what travels or what transfers. If you lay down with a man that is depressed, insecure, if you lay down with a man that is fearful, unproductive, over time, his way of thinking mm. is going to infect yours, mm. right? Because if he's doing nothing with his time, guess what you're doing when you're sleeping with him? You're doing nothing with your time. So it becomes this repeating cycle. You're going to be, you're going to inevitably become like the people you entertain the most. Right. The scripture says it like this. Bad company corrupts good character. So or, you know, another adage says birds of a feather flock together. If you hang around a person long enough, you're going to pick up their mind, will, emotion, their soul. Or you're going to pick up how they feel, how they think, how they process and the way they make decisions. So, yeah, you're going to get a little bit of that, but may not happen in the first go round. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You do it, yeah. You're going to get a little bit of that. You um, know, you know what I think is relevant. We spoke about this prior um, on, on the phone before the show, you, you talked about, um, different ways that you can, you know, yeah. start tying that thing together. And okay. you even went into some of those sacred fluids. Can you really, yeah. can you break that down for us? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, heavy. Yeah, 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 that yeah. was heavy. So could you tell, let the people know what sacred fluids are? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I like to use the word liquid fluid. You can use the word fluid liquid. It doesn't matter. But, um, Leviticus 17 and 11, just to make sure that people understand that this is biblically based, good, um, good. but Leviticus 17 and 11 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood, the life of the flesh. That word life is what gives us animation, right? Uh, and Adam became a living soul. The word life is the word vitality. So our vitality is in the blood, but not just in the blood. There's other sacred liquids as well. And we'll go through those. But that's why when you start to lose blood, you start to feel weak because blood is a source of strength. Your blood gives you strength and vitality and life. So when you lose blood, you start to lose strength. But there is other sacred liquids. When God created the human being, he made us so phenomenal. He, that's why the scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made because he made us so sovereignly and so strategically. Every part of us is purposeful. Every single part of the human being is purposeful. So he created us and he gave us sacred liquids. Number one, tears, right? Tears are a sacred liquid. If you read the book of Revelation, it actually says that God stores up your tears. Every single tear that you shed, God takes an account of that tear. That is how significant and valuable your tears are. Sweat. The scripture says in Luke chapter 22 that when Jesus was in the garden, he prayed so hard that he sweated. 
Now, when was the last time you prayed until you sweated? When you have sex, <laughs> you sweat. No, I'm just saying, look at how much energy you're putting in the bed and what is that producing? And you're not even putting that same amount of energy behind prayer. Right. Think about that. In fact, they trying not to break a sweat. They trying not to break a sweat. <laughs> right, they real wanna, quick. Yeah, no, man. You got to put some energy and some passion and some effort and some time behind those spiritual disciplines. So sweat, right? Sweat is a sacred liquid. Uh, we talked about if you're a man, semen. Semen is a sacred liquid. Of course, blood is a sacred uh, liquid as well. So these are all sacred liquids and they hold a level of life. And when you start to dispense those, when you start to get rid of those, or when they begin to leak out, you will begin to lose strength. You'll begin to lose vitality. So sometimes even though you want to cry, you need to keep those tears because this situation ain't worth your tears. Don't don't give up your energy. Don't give up your your strength to a situation that ain't worth it. Right. Uh, who you're working with when you're when we talk about perspiration and sweat, we talk about who you rolling with, who you working with, who you doing life with, who you doing purpose with, who you building with, who you're building with is very significant, is very important because you could be putting out sweat, perspiration, effort and time into something that's not going to become uh, anything great into something that won't produce. And so who are you building with? So those are sacred liquids. Maintaining those, guarding those or managing those is how you manage life. Yeah. How you manage the release of blood, sweat, tears, semen, how you release the management of that is one of the ways that you manage life. And I'm forgetting one of those. I'm going to get and it. But, but see, I want, but see, I, I I think there's another level too when we start talking about also exchanging. One hundred percent. Come on. So now the exchanging of those joints. What happens in many ways when we start to now get into the consistent habits of exchanging fluids with yeah. you know different men and women? I mean, think about if if a police uh, if they're doing a DNA test, right? Where do they take uh, the DNA from? They don't take your blood. They swap your mouth. Mm, you know yeah. why? Because your DNA is in your saliva. So that means when you're kissing, you're not just sharing a moment. You're not just sharing an, an experience. You're sharing yourself because in your saliva is your DNA. This is why Jesus, when he wanted to recreate a man's eye, what did he do? He spit in the ground, took the spittle. That means spit mixed with dirt. He took the mud and put it on the man's eye so that the man could see again. He put his DNA in the dirt. Spit holds our DNA, right? Blood holds our DNA. Semen holds our DNA. So yes, when we are exchanging those things, it's not just an exchange of a moment. It's the exchange of energy and a person. It's an exchange of personality. And that's why Y'all start having the same cadences and the same rhythms and finishing each other's sentences and having the same jokes and having the same humor. Y'all start liking the same stuff. You know why? Because as y'all are sleeping together, as y'all are kissing, as y'all are sharing moments together, it's not just moments that are being shared. It's DNA that's being shared. Uh, and that's where the fusion process comes in. Remember, the whole purpose of sex is to fuse two souls together. So for, for this cause, will a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife? cleave. That's consummation. The consummation was the marriage bed. So that's when the cleaving happened. That's when the fusion happened. And that's when two became one and you could not separate them. That's why the scripture says, let these two that God is joined together, let no man be able to put them asunder. Because literally the process of sex is the fusion of souls, mind, will, and emotions. And it's that spiritual process that makes it so hard to get over somebody when you do uh, decide to detach or, or kind of move on. So yeah, uh, it's those sacred liquids. So you're not just sharing 
liquids or saliva you're sharing dna man let me tell you this is so heavy tonight i'm very excited to let y'all know that initiates we are going to do the initiation hotline tonight all right and i know when so, line what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we are going to drop that uh uh link in the chat okay and for those of you who don't know i'm gonna go ahead and break it down how it works the initiation hotline when you go ahead and click that link all you need to do is put your name in there Make sure you turn on your camera. Make sure you put your lighting on. You're not going to instantly come up. You got to be patient. You'll wait backstage. Be patient. And we'll let you guys come up so you can ask Pastor Brian Meadows Definitely. questions as you guys come in here. Because we want y'all to get this game, too. We want y'all to be a part of the conversation. That's a fact. And the Super Chats always hit a little bit harder. They smack a little bit harder when we got the passes on. They I'm always just being, do. I'm just being they <laughs> always do. Because we get, you know, me and Todd Force, and we get free super chats. Because I'll definitely be sliding my personal questions up in here. Yeah. So, guys, if y'all got some personal questions, go ahead and slide those in to send a super chat, jump on the hotline because uh, myself, Tyshawn, and the uh, Pastor Brian Meadows want to hear from y'all today. But does that make sense, though? Us yes. talking about the sacred liquids, you know what I mean? Definitely. Because think about everything that you do with sweat when you're working out, when you're trying to, you know, um, reach a goal or whatever the case may be. Just think about, you know, when you're crying. Think about the moments that you're shedding, you know, that you're shedding tears in. Um, think about the time that you've shed blood. All of those are very significant sacred events and sacred moments. Um, so I, hopefully we understand that. Hopefully we understand that managing life is a lot of managing your sacred liquids. Um, that's one of the ways that you preserve your vitality, that you one of the ways that you protect your passion so that you can accomplish your purpose. I'm telling you, we got to keep it. Keep all of your liquids. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. I hope, listen, I hope that, listen, because it's, it's a I hope it's, it's this, this specific talk because this is me. Mm -hmm. The person that you, you think you got everything lined up. You know what I mean? You see a lot of these things, this message about sex, and you think, because I'm single, these things don't apply to me. 100%. Because I'm not looking for a long-term relationship right now, these things don't apply to me. You confused, because I was confused. confused. Yeah. These things absolutely apply. I know y'all trying to kick the different the different ways. I don't try them all. You try to kick it with the friends with benefits. It ain't nothing free. Yeah, 100%. It ain't nothing free. So I hope y'all really listen to this message because I'm listening. And it's tough. It's it's tough for all of us, man. And, you know, even, even you know, a lot of the fellas, you try to play it like it, it affects women. It don't affect us. No, it affects like that's us. Like that's a big, that's another big one. And, you know, trust me, when it comes to when we talk about the purpose concept. Yeah. I think the fellas need that one so deeply. I don't even, I think we really can do a whole show on really understanding and prioritizing your purpose over all of these other aspects of life, these other desires that you're going to have that eventually pull you, uh, essentially are pulling you away yeah. and taking energy away from your assignment. You know, and that's really what it comes down to. Man, it seems unfair because um, uh, because of how, how society is set up, they take advantage of us being sexual beings. And let me show you what I mean. And again, women have it hard too, but I think we've made it hard on women, right? Think about the thirties and the forties. It wasn't hard on women because mm. women weren't, they weren't sexual objects. We were not putting pressure on them to look a certain way, to have a certain body. No, we were putting pressure on them to cook, to clean, to be able to do the thing. And, uh, and y'all just hear me, to be able to do the <laughs> things that a wife should be able to do. 
right? We put pressure on that. They were wearing skirts down to their ankles. Nobody knew what they looked like. You understand what I'm saying? But they were putting pressure on them to be wives. Slowly but surely, as men became more perverted, the human heart has always been deceitful and wicked. But as culture became more perverted, we changed the function of women from uh, managing uh, the home. I'm not just saying, saying the house. When I say the home, I'm not just talking about the, the building, but I'm talking about the family unit, right? Managing the family unit, managing the children, making sure there's legacy and destiny and all of that. We change that from just pleasing a man. So they have pressure too. But I want you to understand how, how hard it is for a man, right? Number one, as spiritual beings, we're all sexual beings, but sexuality for a man is tied to our uh, masculinity is tied to our um, uh, our intent. I want to say our purpose, but it's tied to our wiring. For women, it's different. See, for a man, if he doesn't get sex, he starts to feel a certain type of way. You follow me? Because yeah. a man is is supposed to get sex. A man is a sexual being. He's supposed to go out on the prowl. He's supposed to, you know, go out and hunt and then, you know, conquer. So that's a part of who we are as a man. What's the? Are y'all here? I'm yes. right here. Right, hear me. Hear me. What develops character is when you're able to maintain a position when energy is going in two opposite directions. Mm. I'm going to say it again. What builds character is when you can maintain your position when energy is going in two opposite directions. All right. Mm. It's called resistance training. Every athlete, if he's going to build muscle, he has to do resistance training. The only way a man can build character is through resistance training, meaning that the moment we hit puberty, the moment we start to get, the moment we start hitting puberty, we already can have a baby. I'm talking about 13, 14. We're all, we can already have a baby then. Right. Why would God give us the ability to have a baby then, but then say, don't have a baby? Because it's us maintaining our position while energy is going in two opposite directions that develops character is resistance. It's when I can and I don't that I develop what I call willpower. And that's what a man needs to lead his family. And that's why sexuality is activated in a man early, but he has to control it until he's married because that stage or that season where he's controlling his sexuality, he's actually building character. He's building the ability to say no to another woman. He's building the ability to have focus and to stay disciplined, to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You can't do that if you get what you want. And that's why if you're a baby, like a baby boy, and that mama, give that baby boy everything he wants. He becomes spoiled. He becomes entitled. He becomes abusive because a boy ain't supposed to get everything he wants. That, that's what develops the manhood and the masculinity in a boy. No, you, I'm not going to give it to you. You're going to work for it. And that's what develops work ethic and discipline. We don't teach that. And we don't develop that. So we have a whole bunch of brat boys. We have a whole bunch of men that feel like they should get whatever they want, whenever they want it. And if a female don't give it to them, they a whole, they ain't nothing. They ain't. It's like, what made you think you're supposed to get anything you want? Right. Right. Without working for it, without establishing integrity and trust and communication. So that's what's that's that's why sexuality is activated in a man at a young age. But he's not supposed to utilize it into an age of maturity because that stage is supposed to develop character. Man, and, I, and that I, I, message I, needs to be needs to really be in more house. We gotta preach sex, yeah. man. We gotta preach it. We gotta disciple men in sexuality. Yeah, because if you don't think about it, to you know, 
30, 40 years old Sheesh. or until you're getting ready to get married. It's a beast. You're going to you're gonna be destructive it's all a, up until that point. Yeah. And, not, essentially and, and, when, and when you try to cool it down, because this was a while ago. You remember when Kevin Hart was on that apology tour? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand then. You know, of course, I, I think I just I just wasn't mature enough to kind of understand what he was saying. But what he was saying, because it was like, Charlamagne was like, well, you know, how are you going to stop cheating? Yeah. You know, and he's like, well, I'm just, he's like, I ain't even going nowhere. I've locked myself in the house. I told all of And I remember thinking, man, come on, man. You know, ain't nobody shouldn't be locking themselves in the house because you can't. Now, Bruh. I understand what he was saying. Bruh. Because his temptation is millions times more than my temptation. Right, right. And... I'm like, do I gotta lock myself inside? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a beast trying to get this thing up off you, especially if you went through your entire life. Life, 100%. Th- and the best advice that I got about sex was use it responsibly. Yeah, yeah. That was the best. And it, it was, it, and I didn't know responsibly meant if it meant the amount of times, if it meant it's just use responsibly. So, yeah. of course, whatever I leveled in my head, what responsible was, I'm going out there and using it. Yeah. N- nobody telling me how deep of a hole I was digging myself. 100%. If and when I decide to go things about a- a- another way. Bro, even sex is beautiful within marriage. It is destructive and ugly outside of marriage. I want y'all to think about this. Sexuality is the electricity of a person's personality, right? Fueled by passion within this moment and activity of pleasure. Think Mm. about electricity, right? In order for all these lights to run, you need electricity. But electricity flowing through that wire without a casing is dangerous. Yeah, It will electrocute you. It will shock you, right? Think about a bullet. A bullet is nothing. I can have a a whole bunch of bullets in my hand. I can throw them at you. It will do nothing unless the bullet is placed in the right technology or in the right thing, which is a weapon. An arrow is nothing without a bow. I want you to understand sex outside of marriage doesn't have the full power, explosiveness, intent, purpose, function that sex is supposed to have. It's just like having a bullet outside of a gun. It's not going to accomplish its purpose. It can go further, be more powerful if you put it in the right place. And sex is the same thing. Sex is awesome. Sex is wonderful, but it only accomplishes its purpose when you put the bullet in the gun, when you put sex in marriage, and now you can actually do some great things. But outside of that, it's going to be destructive. Put a bullet in a microwave and watch it blow up. Mm. It'll blow up everything. And if you put a bullet Or if you put sex in a microwave, if you put sex in a fast relationship, it will blow up everything because everybody's just trying to get their orgasm. They're just trying to get their needs met at the expense of the other person's health, at the expense of the other person's mental and emotional health. Give me my orgasm, even if you got to go to counseling because of it. You think that's going to work out? You think that's going to develop the foundation for a good marriage? Most people are married and they are taking the anger out that they got on all the other folks that don't hurt them and they're taking it out on their spouse. Mm. I can totally see that. You know how dangerous sex is when you're not married? I know how dangerous it is. Well, let me tell you how dangerous it is. We got to use protection. (laughs) 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 We got to protect ourselves with that joint. 100%. (laughs) I don't know who you're going with it. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's just saying condoms. The fact that you have condoms. to use protection. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Condoms. I thought you was admitting that you, I thought I thought we was having like a moment of. No, 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 no confession. Okay, happen. I no thought confession. we was a confession. I know. But I'm just saying like, condoms just represent us acknowledging. That is 100. 
it's on going yeah, we, we, we even putting some safety measures in place to protect me from you i'm protecting myself from, from you. you right that's what it is but and the condom can protect you physically but they can't protect you spiritually it sure doesn't because you still getting that energy you still getting that that trauma you still getting that disappointment that hurt you still feel devalued you feel going home lonely you still wondering is they thinking about you and they, you know you're still dealing with that and so that's detrimental to the soul your confidence right your dignity your nobility your ability to walk upright your ability to you know uh have confidence in the face of fear is snatching all of that away and then why then we realizing why so many people are dealing with anxiety everybody that approaches them we wondering what they want from me because every single person that comes to you is trying to get something from you imagine the first man that she meets that don't want nothing from her Imagine the first woman that he meets that don't want nothing from him. See, now we can accomplish purpose because I'm not at the behest of your perversion. I'm not only here to satisfy your need. We can actually accomplish something. Wow. We piling, look, we piling yeah. up back here in this initiation hotline. So we're gonna I, I go ahead. it's going to be a classic we, too. Oh, this is a classic. Let me tell you, I haven't, classic right I haven't not looked at one like, one number of people in the room. I ain't even looked at the chat like this. I know gonna be a classic. And to be honest, we still need a good good job, Ron. We still need more of those likes. Right? We still need more of them. So go <laughs> ahead and hit the like. Off moderation, just, I'm gonna go ahead. Going crazy. I'm gonna go ahead and bring some people up here. We actually got a brother that we're gonna bring up here. We're gonna pop it off with my brother here, Street Media TV. Welcome to Hardly Initiated, my brother. I need you to go ahead and um, unmute your. Uh, you gotta unmute your channel, oh, yeah. brother. Okay, what's going on, y'all? Hey, welcome back to the show, man. How y'all doing? Bless, man. We bless, bless brother. How you living, man? I'm all right. I like I I, I like this conversation. I, I want to I want to make it a little uncomfortable. I want to because I want to stand on truth. Okay, so, you know okay. what? So, so okay, let's, let's do this. What I, what I want you to do is so we can get some context here, brother. Because we we obviously we familiar with you and initiate. Mm -hmm. I want you to go ahead and give me your age, your location, and then jump into your question. And, and look, look, just know you you official part of the show. This is your second time on a place. This is part of the show, so we're gonna have to get you a little light, a little <laughs> make that look. So we, we want you nice and shining on this thing. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Light back, time, brother. Back night on. yeah, I um yeah, I'm, I'm 48 years old, uh George Macon. Um I've been I've been with the same woman 20 years, married 20 years. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. But I want to say some stuff that make I want to make I want to make us a little uncomfortable because I want Let's to do it. Let's do it. Um <clears throat> Is it is it is 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 it in a man's nature to just to just um to be with just one woman? Is it is it? I mean, you know, I I know what a lot of preachers say. Yeah. I was born and raised in the church. I hear a lot of preachers preach, uh, you know, preach that word, uh, 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 uh speaking tongues and jump up and down. But <laughs> in conversations you have with brothers off to the side, yeah, you just go back to being men again, and yeah, just. 100%. And, and, and I, I would, I'm, I'm asking it this way because I want the, 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 the people that's listening to be edified too. It's like um, we're. It seems sometimes like we're forced to, we're forced to be a certain way. But in my 48 years of living, I, I just see men one way when they're around a certain group, and then the way yeah. we think and behave in another way. Yeah. And we're told that well, it's just wrong for this. But sometimes I just feel like we just like this, it's something that we do naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and before you answer, I want to ask this, brother. By the way, have you been in a monogamous marriage these last few years? These these last twenty years? Not the whole twenty years, but I would say okay. in the last uh, ten years. The okay. first ten years, no, no, I was wilding like crazy. I had to learn. I had to learn how to be married. One hundred. Yeah. Okay. But okay. the agreement, the the arrangement was to be monogamous. Though I'm assuming. Yes, and, and, okay. and I feel like the reason why I'm asking that because I feel like we're told to be that. 
But I just, I, I, I guess what I'm asking, a lot of men probably will ask, um, and women too. Yeah. Especially like men, like we're told this, but like I love my wife, but you still see women. You have eyes, you still have those urges. And yeah. I was told that that's a sin, that's wrong. <laughs> so, let's, so thank you so much for the question brother I'm, let's uh, let's let past meadows get on this one yes. yeah so um phenomenal question and I, I really appreciate the question um number one the first thing that we need to understand is that we are by nature fallen the the scripture says that we are all born in sin shaping in iniquity that's psalm 51 the scripture also says in romans chapter 6 that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so when we are born we are born in a fallen state so that means even by nature or just because it is natural doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it healthy um we could be born and have anger issues that may be our nature that don't make it right for us to cut somebody out or murder somebody, right? Um, we could be born with a lack of trust based on what's in us. Uh, we could be born with a, uh, um, I want to say a mental illness, but let's say a level of anxiety. These are things that we could be born with just because we're born with them doesn't necessarily make them healthy and it doesn't make it right. So that's the first thing I want to say is that I do like you agree that I think men by nature want women. Number one, I think that by nature, men are hunters. So we're going to naturally want to go after things that we think are aesthetically pleasing, things that we like, things that we see. We're going to naturally want to go after those things. Men feel a level of dignity and honor through accomplishments. So for a man to get one woman, <clears throat> then to get another, and then to get another, it does make a man feel a particular um, way. When Jesus comes along, and this is Christianity, I'm, I'm a pastor, and so I will say that in other walks of life, in other uh, spiritual disciplines, people may have differences of opinion. And even in different cultures, right, we see all around the world, even in different cultures, where men have uh, multiple women. And even in African cultures, is it right for every man to have multiple women? Even in African culture, they would say no. A man can only have multiple women when they can provide for those multiple women, right? And that's providing lodging, money, clothes, children, resources. If you can provide, I'm talking about in an African culture, if you can provide for multiple women, then maybe there's leniency culturally there. As a kingdom citizen or as a Christian, when we come into Christianity, Jesus teaches us that Having multiple women is detrimental to the soul. As a matter of fact, even Paul says, when you get married, your devotion is divided. Uh, Paul said, I would that you be single so that you only focus on God. But if you need to get married, right, it's better to marry than to burn. Um, but when you get married, Paul says you have divided loyalty. You won't even be able to give all of your attention to God because now you have a wife and a family to deal with. Now, imagine you having multiple wives and multiple families and multiple responsibilities It's going to be even harder for you to do what God has called you to do. So within Christianity, Christ said, you know what I'm going to do in order to stop this? Right. Because now hear me. A lot of times we don't want to talk about this, but polygamy was an expression of paganism is also a form of idolatry. Remember Solomon? Solomon had multiple wives. He had a thousand wives. But the scripture says that his wives worshipped other gods. So the more he worshipped with them or the more he had sex with them, the more he started to worship the gods that they worship, which took him away from God or took him away uh, from Christ. So um, God wants us to be devoted to him. 
And he also uses marriage and sex as a display of that devotion. So to be with him and to have no other gods before him, Exodus chapter 20, 10 commandments. He also wants us to have that same level of devotion to our spouse, that same level of value and love and commitment to our spouse, that we will have no other women above this one woman. He chose one woman and that was the church. Jesus chose one woman and that was the church. He said, I'm going to have all my babies, all my sons going to come from this one woman. Um, none of my children will come from any other woman. So he wants us to follow in that same model. And the last thing I'll say is that having one woman is spiritually, mentally, and emotionally healthy. It is very, very hard uh, to be able to meet all of those needs and stay mentally, emotionally, physically healthy. So that's the reason why that restriction and why that standard was given to us as Christians for us to have one wife or I'll say, I'll, say, I'll, I'll ask this last question and I'll go. Um, and I like I like your answer, but I'll put a but in there for a minute. Yeah, I, I think that with everything that you said, the reason why the church can't reach that level and our communities can't reach that level because we don't spend enough time teaching black boys about their nature 100. and who God is. So right. we, we give them a good sermon. We tell them this, but a boy is saying, listen, I love God, but man, I, I want to sleep with all the women over there. And then he starts asking right. himself why. And then right. he cheats on his girl that he likes. And she says, why? He don't know why. A lot of times he don't even have an answer why. Right. I don't think that we spend enough time using, to word, using the word to explain to young men what their nature is. And yeah. how they should come out from amongst certain things. One hundred percent. I just think we're preachy, and 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 preaching the word, but we're not really dealing with the aspects of of who we are in our fallen state. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna mm. say this. I'm gonna say this as a little pushback. I think that we put too much responsibility on the preacher. Right. Mm -hmm. um, most of this level of discipleship should happen in community. Right? That's the point. You know what I'm saying? Like I this agree. should, like the preacher <laughs> should have to deal with what your daddy should deal with right <laughs> let me preach like let me preach on jesus him walking on water i shouldn't have to disciple you in sexuality because your daddy and your mama's there i never had to learn sex from the church because my mom was a nurse my mom used to literally sit us down open up a, a a book on physiology and open up a book on sexuality hear me when i was five and six my mama opened up books i'm not i'm talking about medical books all right i so get it right, my, right, right, right. My, my mom opened up books showed us positions showed us genitalia said this is that this is that this is that and then my mama put the fear of god in us my mama said every female you talk to is trying to get you pregnant Right. Mm. So so she, my mama, my mama said every female you talk to trying to get you pregnant. My mama said, let me tell you, they, they poking holes in condoms. Do y'all don't know? When they, was, when they used to tell us they were poking holes in condoms so few people could get pregnant. So my mom put the fear of God in us. But my mom also made sure that we respected women. You know what I mean? Like if we walked in the house, she's going to make sure that we say hey to her. We ain't going to be like, yes, she's going to say, say yes, ma'am. We're going to make sure we open the doors and stuff. So my mom instilled the level of chivalry that I think is missing as well. But I think we put too much pressure on the preacher. It's my job to be preachy. It's my job to be entertaining. It's my job to make sure that I'm giving you a level of creativity that's captivating your attention so you can actually hear what I got to say. Right. But we're hoping that when we finish preaching, men of God like you would then take the onus or take the responsibility on themselves to make sure that they're taking this into the community, right? I think I that's, the point I was making, that's the point I was making, not yeah. just the preacher, just being, yeah. a, black, just being a, a black man in the communities that we come from, right? Well, 
Um, we're told what not to do. And stream media, let's we're gonna wrap it up right here, brother, because okay, we gotta yeah, get, right we gotta here, get right some right other here. people. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you, because the brother, one of the brothers, about a half hour ago said when he eat, he wants some. You know what? He wants he want to go get some pee, right? Yeah. And a lot of us have that mentality, but we're not raised up and taught to how to harness that. Yeah. And then when, when we act out on it, we're told we're wrong, or you get a, you get you cheat out, you step out on your wife, or get a girl pregnant. We're yeah. never taught about our nature and how to use the word against it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Not no, I, I love nature, it. Just period. Thank you. Look, thank you, Street Media. I love it every time you come up in here. Shot way to represent yeah. for the brothers. Okay. All right. Thanks. I can love tell it, he was passionate. He's passionate about yeah. that too. Nah, I man. Can tell. And, and, and that's real. That's conversations that you know, brothers. You know, we, we need to be having you no, know, one hundred percent like together. Think about it. There's a license for everything. You get a license to drive. You get a license to have a gun or to, to carry a gun, to shoot a gun, or at least to conceal carry or whatever the case may be. I mean, you got these women that are dating brothers. They ain't got a license to throw. They ain't got a license. To, <laughs> right. to, to they ain't got a license to do what they be doing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how do you? How are you able to check or verify that people actually know? what they're doing. So I think brother is great. I think the question was awesome. We're going to go ahead and bring somebody else up here on the stage. And then, then we got some super chats. I know the ladies want to get involved, of course. Yes, yes. Look, we're going to go ahead and bring Justina up here on the stage. Welcome to the show, Justina. Yes, you are celebrating. You made it up. What's up, sweetheart? What's your name? What's your age, location, and your question? And you got to unmute your... Uh, hold on, mate. You yeah, take it off you. mute. Take it off mute. Hit that unmute button, Justina. Oh, Justine, look, you look. Okay, okay. okay. There yeah. you go. Okay, okay. You had about two more seconds to figure it out, Justine. Yes, What's up with you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am 35 and I am from St. Louis. Um, okay. Welcome Excellent. to the show. My question is okay, so I am recently divorced. I got married. I was uh, 27. I actually waited until marriage to have sex. And um, it was a very quick courtship. I would say like six months, maybe. Mm -hmm. um marriage it didn't end up working out it was like a kind of like a narcissistic type thing going on so my question is is that you know we know god is the same yesterday today tomorrow and you know he talks about fornication how it's wrong to do that and i want i think about back then fornication was probably like you know people they didn't have long super long engagements is what i'm assuming in the bible days so now i ask like today what would be like the proper length of time for an engagement or yeah. you know is is like you know how people today is like two three four five six years dating and it's like without getting married and you know of course it's probably going to be fornication and so i guess the question right. is what would be like the proper amount of time you would think or a courtship should really last i feel like i saw a lot of people in the chat with that question too so what would be like the proper amount of time of courtship especially like with me being you know, at an older age, like I want to be right. remarried again and things like that. And, you know, it's somebody who's like experienced having sex and marriage. And it was actually one part of it that was good. And it's like, OK, now you have yeah. nothing. And here you are out in the dating world again. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, that uh, the engagement period or the engagement stage is all about preparation. You're preparing for the wedding and you're preparing for the marriage. So you're doing everything from opening bank accounts. Uh, you're doing everything from getting your marriage license, doing your marriage counseling, um, doing your physical, going to the doctor. Uh, you're doing all of those different types of things to make sure that you're ready to um, 
see these two lives, these two, these two families come together. And that takes time. That takes a different amount of time for each person. Sometimes counseling is very, very simple and easy uh, because people have done their own therapy and counseling. They don't have a lot to unearth or a lot to cover. They may have been in another marriage. They may have, uh, uh, they may be a bit more mature. So counseling may not take as long. Maybe it takes a couple of months and then you're ready to rock and roll in those couple of months. You got your uh, wedding situated. You got your housing situated. You got all of that stuff situated. Um, it's really based on the couple and the amount of work they need to do before the marriage. If you have a lot of trauma, if you've had a lot of sexual partners, if you don't know what marriage is all about, if you need some teaching and some development on what the role of a husband is, the role of a, a wife is, then it may take a longer time. Uh, the last thing you want to do is rush the process. You don't rush when you're baking a cake. You don't rush when you're cooking neck bones. You want to make sure that you're taking time when you're building something substantial. Um, and so it, it, it really does vary. There's not a set amount of time. The Bible doesn't specify three months, four months, five months, six months is really based on um, the preparation of the couple and also uh, the, the wheel and the discipline of the couple. Um, you, If you know y'all can't withstand or withhold, if y'all know y'all can't live holy, then you don't need a long engagement. The long engagement is just going to be detrimental uh, to your spirituality, to your confidence, to your devotion toward God. And if you know you can't do that, then you may need to get married a bit early. But if you feel in the pressure to go ahead and have sex, but you don't know where you're going to stay, then maybe you need to curb that feeling. Maybe you need to discipline yourself to manage that feeling. Just because you feel that way doesn't mean you should rush into marriage beyond the preparation. So it's really about how long it takes you to prepare. Yeah, okay. Justina, thank you so much for that amazing question, okay? Really yeah, she came ready. She 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 reading the chat too because she identified who else might have had that same concern. Right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. You're, you, you. Hey, Justina, you already initiated? No, it's my first time being. I just happened to get on YouTube and it popped up. I've never been on here before. Wow. Wait, you kidding me? So have you ever seen our show before? Maybe like little shorts or something, but I've never actually been able to catch a live or anything like that before. Oh, wow. So, oh. so this is for you. Well, so well for welcome. You, you, you look yeah. right on time, okay? Right, right, right. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Enjoy it. That's awesome. Thank Man. That's awesome. Wow, she called first episode she called was with uh the OG Pastor Brian Meadows. Absolutely. I'm great. How are you guys? What's I am up, blessed. Valencia? Valencia, give me your age, your location, and your question. I am 30. I am in Augusta. And um, I kind of came in late, so I don't know if this was touched on. But it was mentioned about the um, resistance building character. Yeah. And so I am 30. I'm a virgin. And dating out here is interesting. Yeah. I've tried my best to maintain my fluids. And so I wanted to know, do you have any advice for uh, Christian women who are yeah. maintaining their fluids or trying their best dating men who may not have um, learned or, you know, gotten this type of teaching before? And wow. um, what would you have as, as advice for us? The, the best protection for your for your fluids 
is your purpose. That's what we've been talking about throughout this entire program. You knowing your purpose, knowing why you're here, and then being able to put energy, activity, and time behind the development of that, whether that's going to school, whether that's working out, whether that's writing your book, getting mentorship, whether that's serving somewhere, those are the things that will protect you. We were going to talk about this when Ryan brought this up as well, uh, community. Community, your community matters, right? Um, if you're around people with the same standard, then it's a, it, 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 it is protective, you know what I mean? Because they're going to expect the same thing you're expecting out of yourself. They're not going to bring any uh, anybody to you that's going to, you know, um, try to break your standards or try to, you know, kind of... Um, like, you know, break your uh, your boundaries or whatever the case may be. So community is definitely a hedge. Community is definitely protection. Um, but dating and dealing with people that don't necessarily have your same standard. Hear me. Time is your friend. You have to give these relationships time. Number one, I teach people if you're dating, when you first start dating, dating groups. All right. So if this is your first date, second date, third date, go to Top Golf with a group of people. All right. And the reason you do that is because people act different in groups than they do by themselves. You want to look at the dichotomy or the distance of their public self and their private self. If we're in public and they they are preacher and they quoting scripture and they all good. <laughs> but the moment they get in private, they touching your leg and they touching your thigh. That is a lack of integrity. That should already be a red flag that there's somebody different in private than they are in public. So the first stage of dating should be public. The second stage of dating is public places, right? We ain't going to Netflix and chill. We may not be around a group of people. It may just be us, but we're going to be somewhere where other people are. You're protecting yourself. Number one, they can't touch you if you do that. Or if they do touch you and you don't agree, they can't get irate with you in public, right? But also that puts pressure on their social life. You want to see, can they pay for a meal? Are they going to open the door? Are they chivalry? Like you're, you're trying to see those types of things and you're measuring that. That's the 30-fold and the 60-fold. Only after that do you realize, oh, maybe I want to take them home to mama or maybe I want to take, take them home uh, to my father. Having conversations on the front end is the best, right? It's great that you're 30. Number one, I want to say God is proud of you. Now, if, if, if you're 30, but you still living like a private freak, then we ain't got nothing about this. <laughs> God ain't proud of that. Right? God, right, right. God ain't proud of that. But if you are living holy and you're walking righteously, you're doing a great job. Regardless of what the culture says, God is proud of you. You want to have this conversation on the front end. Like, Maybe not the first date, but whenever sex becomes a topic, which could be first or second date, whenever he bring up sex, that's when you should say, hey, I'm going to let you know, like, I'm really feeling you. I like the fact that you respect yourself. Ever since we've been talking, you respect me as well. I want to let you know something. I am a virgin and I do plan on keeping myself until I get married. Now, does keeping myself mean I'm not going to kiss? Does keeping myself mean that we can't cuddle and stuff like that? No, you got your own boundaries and you can tell him those boundaries. But here's the kicker. Once you explain those boundaries, his integrity or you watching how he manages those boundaries is going to be a testament to his integrity. If he is willing to consistently break your boundaries and to step over your standards and to do stuff that you've asked him not to do, he's telling you. I am not the husband for you. I'm trying to use you to meet my need. You have to be able to see that objectively and make a decision not to invest any more time. Oh, man. Valencia, thank you so much for coming up in here asking that amazing that question, okay? That was really good. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Thank you. Thank the questions have been really good. Time. Yeah, man. Really look, we, we, we don't let the calls, we don't let the calls sit for a minute because I yeah. want to take this conversation in a bit of a different direction because I think this is a, 
a part of the, the conversation that we've hit on, but I think we can we can take it to another layer mm. because I think the, the best way to protect ourselves in this is purpose. 100. And I want to go a little bit deeper into purpose. But Ryan, what you got for us? Well, real quick. I mean, is it cool? Because we had a, like we got three Super Chats. Let's go ahead and get to the Super Chats before we get there. And please, y'all, I think we this close to a thousand likes. We a couple. We are we a hundred and change away. We are like 890. All right. So just go ahead. The new people in here, hit the great thumbs up. Get us to a thousand likes. And you better not be watching and not subscribe to the channel, y'all. All I right? mean, so yeah. go ahead and do that. please. We got to get the likes up because this is really the last live before 2024. Oh, oh wow. we going out. Yeah, this is the For 2023 real? bang right yeah, here, baby. This is the bang. This is the bang. Yeah, yeah. We on bang. We on This is the big bang. So let's now, go ahead and get to those. we do got a special episode that's dropping. Tyshawn will let us know if it's dropping on the 29th or the 28th. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be dropping this one here on Friday. We got okay, a couple touch-ups to do to it. To make sure it's nice and perfect for y'all. So it's coming out on Friday. Very so special. So Friday at noon. Yes. Friday at noon, we're dropping that episode, special episode with Pastor R.C. Blake. So, you know, that's going to be a hit. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be Blake crazy. Man, and man, inflamed what? up the I mic. Mean, he, he, he's, man. I was what? so impressed with that conversation, yeah, y'all. Yeah, that was legit. I was impressed. That was legit. But go ahead. It's the last live of the year, though. So, so real quick, last live of the year. Shout out to Jasmine Brown, a wonderful initiate. She says, when we decide to be abstinent, but then slip up, Jasmine, I feel you. You might ask this question for the both of us. How do we keep ourselves from being so disappointed in ourselves and discouraged on the journey? Mm. Um, if you fall and you and you hit a your knee or your uh your elbow, you're gonna feel pain, right? Uh, if you go watch a movie and there's a joke, you're gonna laugh. If you disappoint yourself, you're gonna feel disappointment. My question is, why are you trying to not feel? Why are you trying to not feel it? Why are you trying to not feel the regret, the pain, the disappointment? Those feelings should usher you into a better decision. So you should feel it. You should embrace it. You should know that you let yourself down. You should know that you can live better than this and higher than this. You should know that. If you didn't feel disappointed, that would be the problem. If you felt like this was normal, if you felt like that was who you are, we got a problem. We got an issue. Mm. But the fact that you feel disappointed, the fact that you feel discouraged is a good thing because that's letting you know that you're better than this. So I wouldn't run away from the disappointment. You just have to learn how to address the disappointment with discipline and better decisions. And I think you'll be you'll be great. Man, that's OK. I like that. Discipline and better decisions. Yep. I like that. There don't get, I like don't that. get rid of the disappointment. See, a lot of times we try to talk to our friends until they agree with us or they 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 affirm us or they encourage us to the point that we no longer feel the pain or the sting of our mistake that's a danger to be around people that try to anesthetize the fact that you are running away from your assignment that is a danger no you want to be around folks like yeah you messed up you did that bro mm. that's beneath you yeah. You're better than that. You don't want to be, man, come on, man. You know God forgive you. What you think you're going to do? You're going to do it again right. and again. And you're going to go back to that same community that says, it's all right. God gives you grace and you're never going to get better. Right? That's why the scripture says the same way iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. See, you need, a, the only way you can have a real friend, they have to be of like quality. You follow me? Iron don't sharpen aluminum. Iron don't sharpen plastic. It destroys plastic. The only way you're going to get better is if you're surrounding yourself of people of the same standard and quality. You follow me? And then 
Iron sharpens iron. Whenever iron hits iron, what does it cause? Sparks. Mm. Right. But a blacksmith understands the spark is a sign that the knife is being shaped the right way. Right. Mm. The blacksmith understands that the spark is a sign that something is being developed and shaped. And whenever God is developing you, whenever God is shaping you, there will be sparks. So don't run away from friends that create sparks. They should. They should make you want to be better and make you feel bad for not living to your standard. They should make you feel horrible for not doing what God called you to do. That's a good friend. Mm. Iron destroys plastic. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's I a mean, bar right there. <laughs> Let's get to that next super chat. That's a scientific though. fact. So uh, shout out to Solana Soul. I like that. Solana Soul. Shout out to her. Yeah, she that says, kind of flows right there. And we the second half of the question we we've we've touched on a bit, but the first half, I think we can we can probably, you know, address this, okay? How do you core righteously and with intention after both people have dealt with hypersexual past? Yeah. Hypersexual. Hypersexual. That's me. I'm like, Sluts. yeah, right. But <laughs> hyper is relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you might be hyper. You might be hypersexual. Oh, I, was, might be I was definitely hypersexual. I mean, there's no question. I was hypersexual. <laughs> 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 yeah. Listen, past, past, he from he from East Lada. We are another. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, but no. I mean, I, I was hypersexual. You know what I mean? You got to think about it. Like, we're supposed to develop at a natural or normal rate. But trauma is going to speed up, is going to accelerate the development of a thing. Overexposure accelerates the development of a thing. Accelerated development is what we call mutation, right? Accelerated growth is what we call infection, swelling, or mutation. So for me, like a lot of people that may be watching, um, I was molested at a young age, but it wasn't a traumatic experience. It wasn't a, you follow me? I was molested twice. I was molested by a older female and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So that made me like older females. It made me want experienced women. That's what I've always liked. I don't want a young female. I don't want an inexperienced woman. I've always wanted an experienced, more mature female. But that's because the first female that touched me when I was a kid was a older female. Mm. Um, I was molested by a friend that was a male, but that also accelerated my intimacy with males, with, with, with men. So I was accelerated. It was overexposure and overexposure mutates. So you have a young kid. They're not supposed to be thinking about sex until they start hitting puberty. But all of a sudden, molestation, rape and abuse, it accelerates it. And so all of a sudden now they're having to deal with feelings that they shouldn't have to process until they're mentally and emotionally mature. Um, and that's going to be detrimental to a person's uh, sexuality. So um, it does take um, man. We got to thank God for good parents. We, you got to have good parents, man. Parents that'll watch out, you know, not let everybody spend the night, not let you spend the night everywhere. That's mm-hmm. going to protect your sexuality, have real difficult, hard conversations. We got to have parents. And I'm grateful that I have really, really great parents uh, that were able to walk me through those types of issues. Wow. Wow. And that's so true, man. We, we actually talked about that before, Ryan, about how, you know, it's you talk. I think you said personally how you just ain't going to have your kids just spend the night. Oh, yeah. By anybody house for those yeah, things man. because yeah we we all and especially Honestly, yeah. we done yeah. seen a lot growing up and you know what happens when you leave you know the boundaries of your front door front yard wherever you grew up you know it can get real crazy yeah. under other folks roofs and now you ain't even got to go up under somebody else's roof it's on the phone yeah oh my 
goodness, that is so true. And you don't know what they bring into your house. You know, you might be keeping somebody else's kid, and That's you don't right. know what 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 kind of situation they did. You with don't know them. how they're being raised, yep. what they're being taught, what they're being exposed to. So, and I was saying all of that to say that through the molestation and through that, I was uh hyper, I was very hypersexual. You know what I mean? I think the only thing that gave me the ability to contain or even maintain my sexuality or manage it was my spirituality. But even when I got married, it didn't curb my sexuality. It didn't curb my hypersexuality. And that's why it's very important for you to do marriage counseling and for you to be able to communicate your sexual needs and sexual expectations before you get married. So you are hypersexual, but you marry somebody that don't really look at sex that that well. They don't really like sex that much. Y'all are going to have a conflict. There's mm -hmm. going to be an issue there. You know what I mean? So that's why in marriage counseling, we ask, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how important is sex to you? All right. For you on a scale of one to 10, how important is sex to you? A two point difference can be dealt with. But if it's like a five, six point difference, mm. y'all may not be compatible. And that's what we got to deal with. You got to deal with character, compatibility and chemistry. You got to deal with all three of those things when you're bringing two people together. You got to deal with character, compatibility and chemistry. And many times you got great chemistry. Sex is phenomenal, right? Y'all may even have good character. Both of y'all are Christians, but you're not compatible. This person was raised Southern Baptist. You were raised Pentecostal. They don't believe in speaking in tongues, but you believe in speaking in tongues. You like to shout and dance and they don't. And so now since y'all are not compatible, there's always friction and frustration on the spiritual side. You don't even want to have sex because y'all just finished arguing about John chapter three or John chapter four. <laughs> so I don't want to hit it. I don't want to have sex. So that frustration or the incompatibility in spirituality ends up hindering people in sexuality. Mm. Man, that makes so much sense. We got we, we got one more. Yeah, well, shout out to just general shout out. Shout out to Judith Sakala. She's always, you know, uh, breaking the community off, always showing love, which we appreciate. She pretty much just says discipline should be key. Let's abstain till we have identified the right person for us. If we can't, let's try making a trek to Tibet and live amongst the monks <laughs> and the Dalai Lama <laughs> to learn crazy. to have self-control. You damn right. Hey, That's you know crazy. what? It's funny because when you described it, it's so true. And I, I say this all the time, but I, th I think it's relevant here. Like that willpower you described, that discipline yeah. is such a muscle. Oh, 100%. It's a muscle, man. And you got to keep it strong. You got to keep it strengthened. Yes, and you got to keep testing it. You know, that is why we fast. Yes. You know, that is why we abstain. Yes. And you do all these different things to make sure you putting your discipline that you so-called have to the test. Yes. And actually putting that resistance on it to making sure that it can stand. Hear me. It's mental fortitude. And there's many ways for you to build up that muscle. There's many ways for you to build up your will. Number one, like you said, fasting and prayer. All right. Fasting and praying that helps you build up that wheel because you're delaying gratification. You're saying I'm not going to eat or I'm not going to give myself something I want for a prolonged period of time. So you're strengthening your wheel, working out, working out strengthens your mental muscle as you're doing reps and your body wants to buckle under the weight or your mind wants to check out under the weight and you have to stay focused. It's building your mental uh, uh, pressure or is building your mental ability. The reason why this is important is because willpower and your mental ability is the same thing that sustains an erection. Willpower. Hold on, hold on. we got to run that one back. And your willpower and your focus is what sustains an erection, right? So if you are weak minded and your mind wonders a lot, that's why a lot of women right now are dealing with men that have Erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction. It's not just it's not a it's not just a physical thing, it's a mental thing. Wow. 
bro, porn is destroying people's marriages. Oh, yeah. It's destroying people's marriages. And not just because of porn and, and all of that, not just because of the industry and the evil. I'm not talking about that. But number one, it rewires the rhythm of your orgasm. That's the first thing. Because if you have a certain rhythm and you're masturbating before you get married and then you get married, but you have that same rhythm, you're still masturbating in marriage, right? One day your wife is going to come to you and be like, hey, baby, I'm ready. But you just already squeezed one out. <laughs> squeeze this one guy's out. gonna have to be good. all right but you get what i'm saying so now yeah. you're not gonna be able to perform at the maximum yeah. even if you masturbated earlier in the day you're not gonna be able to give out all the strength you need to right and no even though you got yours and she got hers she's like hey, but he wasn't really into it he wasn't, yeah he was his erection wasn't all the way there and she starts to think like is something wrong with me mm. is he not attracted to me no Porn took his passion. Porn took it. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so number one, it can rewire the rhythm of your intimacy. Um, um, but also it makes it makes sex selfish. It makes it all about you, all about your pleasure, and all about what you get, which is which is detrimental to um the marriage bed. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, man. We can say about that. Boy, wow. you ain't focused. So you in that, you in that thing, medium, medium soft. Come on, man. Potatoes. You ain't all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> and that she could tell. And she can tell. I she never, can tell. First of all, I never thought that it's your mind, mm. the focus and the Come wheel on. that keeps your erection. Because it is, because we talked about this. We actually had Dr. Bobby Price mm -hmm. on the show and we talked about, did a whole show on erectile dysfunction. One of our most, actually, it's probably our most, our highest performing live ever. Oh, wow. Because it's such a big problem. Mm -hmm. And it's too, it's a difference in erectile dysfunction where your body just literally can't perform for right. physical issues then there's these like psychological issues mm -hmm. that come with your erectile dysfunction right. that where, where you just can't get it up and it's it's, it's a mental it's a mental thing. thing yeah not even physical yeah mental yeah and you just made a lot of if sense you if you that. ask most women um what percentage of sex is physical and mental they'll probably say either 50 50 Sometimes 60, 40 saying is 60% mental, 40% physical, or sometimes they'll say 70, 30 yeah. because for women, it is mostly mental. It is hard for a female to lay on her back and relax and allow you to enter her when she's still wondering, did I pay the bills? Did are the children sleep? Or did I, is the door unlocked? Did we do that? It's hard for her to relax. So the job of a man is to take care of her needs so that when she lays down, she ain't got nothing on her mind. I've already done all that. Everything's taken care of. All the bills are paid. The house is protected. You taken care of. Now, all you have to do is relax. Orgasms come easier when a female is relaxed and when they're mentally engaged. But that yeah. does take time. And this is what we talked about is you have physicality, you have sensuality, and you got sexuality. You got 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. A lot of times we go from physicality to sexuality and we skip sensu sensuality. Mm. If you look at Moses' tabernacle in the Old Testament, it had three compartments. It had an outer court, a holy place, and a most holy place. The outer court or the holy place, that is what we call physicality because that's natural. That's where you get natural light. That's where you have offerings and, and all that different kind of stuff. When you go into the holy place, this is the place of the soul or the place of the senses or sensuality, right? We know sexuality, but we don't know sensuality. And sensuality is actually the gate. It's the door. It's the portal into sexuality. If you want to have healthy, vibrant, 
powerful, passionate sexuality, you have to learn how to minister to her sensuality. Her sensuality, the, the, these are the senses, the stuff that she likes to see, the stuff that she likes to hear, the stuff that she likes to smell, the stuff that she likes to feel, right? So it's about having certain sheets because that's going to allow her to feel a certain thing, mm. right? Uh, sometimes, hear me, lingerie is mostly for her. It ain't for us. Mm. Man, it's to it increase the emotion. It, it's to increase how sexy she feels. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you put sense. on the heels because I want you to feel like you about to take over the world. I want you to feel like that. It ain't for me. You can walk in in a t-shirt, some panties. I'm still gonna be and ready I'm to good, go. Right. I'm ready to go. But that makes you feel powerful, and that's what she needs. Though, if you want the best out of her, you want her to feel powerful. That's why sex ain't good if you guilt her into it. It ain't good. You're going to have your orgasm, but it ain't going to be great because you made her feel bad into her laying down. That ain't going to feel good. Right. Mm. Um, so it does take a level of science, a level of intention, a level of mastery. Right. Knowing how to minister to the sensual realm or the sensuality, making sure stuff smell good, make sure stuff look good, making sure you look good. Right. You know what I mean? Make sure you look good. Make sure you smell good. A man's hygiene game is one of the greatest examples of his chivalry. If a man is a master with women, he's a master with his hygiene. No woman wants a stanky man. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like no woman wants that. And that's how you that's how you're able to tell a man if they're immature or if they're mature. A mature man takes care of his body. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He ain't got to be the most fit person, but he's going to make sure that he's lined up. He's going to make sure that he's shaved well. He's going to make sure that he's you know smelling good. So these things initiate, they instigate the sexuality of a woman. It's that. See, we try to go from physicality to sexuality. We go straight to the nipple. We go straight to the sexuality instead of making sure stuff smells good, make sure stuff that she's listening to. Man, She's getting wet already. Uh, yeah. Just because you got the right Slam. music, just because you got the right music, just because you got the right sense, the right smell, and watch me, you ain't pushing it. You've done all of this and you ain't rushing it. You're in control of the rhythm. You're in control of the atmosphere. You got the candles and the lights. You got the smell good. And the moment she walks in, you ain't jumping on her, but you sit her down and you start rubbing her feet. Bruh, she has never seen this before. She's never been here before. You're instantly going to become a memory. You follow me? You're instantly going to be unforgettable because you're putting a level of intention and care. Now, most of the time, where's that learned? Right? It should be learned by you having a good mama. It should be learned when your mama walk in the house, get them groceries out the car. See, you start doing this type of stuff when you're a boy with your mom. So when you get married, she don't pick up no groceries. She don't pick up no bags. She don't pick up nothing. The moment she get home, hey, babe, you get in the house. You got stuff in the trunk. I got it. You're doing that so she feels secure. But a good mom is supposed to teach a son this. And a good father. A good father as well. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Let that breathe real That's quick. Crazy. And just so we can get it too, give, give me them, give me, give me them three compartments as well, because I think you, because you, you went into the outer, the outer part, the physicality. Mm -hmm. Then we started getting into the next part, which was the sensuality. sensuality yeah. And that was the gateway and the door into the sexuality. sexuality. Yeah. Remember, wow. sexuality or the sexual experience is not just physical. All right. That's what you have to understand. You're interacting with a person's past, present, future with their insecurities, with their fears, with with their confidence, with their purpose. You're interacting with every part of them. So sex is not just uh, physical. And so but when you're dealing with um, 
sensuality, again, you got to lead, you got to go through the physicality and hear me. The only way you get to sensuality is by respecting the physicality, right? It's not by tantalizing or touching the physicality is by respecting the physicality. What's the, what's the difference in that one? Respecting the physicality is me respecting their boundaries and their standards and me not touching them before their time, right? Remember, before I have any type of touch of a sexual nature, I want to make sure that I've went through sensuality. So if I've not went through sensuality, every touch on this side of sensuality should be based on honor and respect. Right. So I'm not going to touch her butt on this side. I'm going to touch her, maybe the small of her back, maybe her shoulder. I'm going to let her know she's protected and safe around me. Like if mm. I already start groping her, she's going to just feel like she's a piece of meat. So I respect her in the outer court. I respect her. I show her dignity and honor and make her feel like a queen in the outer court. Hear me. She's a queen in the outer court. What? That's crazy. She's a because every man wants a queen in the streets, mm. but a slut in the sheets. That's true. You understand what I'm saying? That's true. You know what I mean? So I'm respecting her as a queen here, uh-huh. right? I'm showing her that she can trust me by her managing her sensuality. But when we get into sexuality, hear me. Don't be nice. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? This ain't queen. We ain't queen territory. All right. This is. That's when it go beast. That's when we go beast. That's, that's when it go. Like, ah! <laughs> it's crazy. Let's that's go. when it goes beast. I see we got somebody in the in the in the waiting room. You gonna let them in real quick? Fellas going beast too early. Oh, we got somebody in there. Yeah, we got somebody in there. Man, listen, I'm quick. so locked in the conversation. I have not even seen it. All right, let's go ahead and bring Tamisha to the stage. Tamisha was popping up here with Tamisha, you. Tamisha, what up? What up? Man, Tamisha, hey, look. so. Yeah, well, hold on, wait, wait. before you get into it, because I can already tell you, you locked in and ready, because you already backstage, and I ain't tell nobody to be backstage. Right. To me, she's right? looking like a paralegal or something. What you, you a lawyer or something? <laughs> what you, you got a, got a printer back there, so she getting hey, to work. Hey. hey, honestly, I like that, oh, Tamisha. Do me a favor. Give me your age, your location, and your question. Uh, Dallas, Texas, 41. Uh, so my question is, if we have had indiscretions in our past and we haven't been abstinent at certain points slash hypersexual whatever the the people who have done their thing in their rebellious phase and now they're abstinent they're living for the lord they're doing what they're supposed to be doing what do you say to those people about their fear of now marrying a person that they're never going to sleep with hmm what, what do you before, mean when you say before they get into the marriage? Like the sexual mean- experience and and the fear around, okay, now I'm my next plan is to marry this person that, that I've never slept with. Yeah. But then having essentially all of this in ass to compare that to. How do you mm. address that fear? Okay, so couple of things. The first thing is conversations, right? I think you definitely have to have a conversation about your past. Before I do a marriage, before I do marriage counseling, we do a marriage assessment. So I send uh, the couple an assessment. They're supposed to do the assessment separately. But one of the questions in the assessment is how many uh, sexual partners have you had in the past? You asked that? Hell yes. What are you saying? Yes. Boy, why, yes. why does that matter? Wow. Number one, it matters because I want to know how much um, dirt I got to deal with. I want to know how much trauma you've been through. I need to know how many bad decisions you've made with your body. 
right? If I get a car, they're going to come with a CarMax report. I'm going to know every previous owner of that car. <laughs> so you expect me to get with a female and I don't know what's been in her or who's been in her or how many people have been in her. Now, imagine she'd been with Andre the Giant. Oh my God. And now all of a sudden I'm, 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 I'm dating her and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm putting in work. I'm just, I'm putting in, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in work and she just, she just dead face. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, and I'm wondering, is something wrong with me? No, bro. You've been with a female that's been with a lot of sexual. Oh partners. my God. You shouldn't know that. 100%. And my thing is, if you're not able to disclose that, why would I then sleep with you? If we can't have mature, honest, transparent sexual conversation, and this is what we're getting to, getting to, getting to your question, you got to be able to have these these conversations before you get married. Ask them, like, hey, how important is sex to you? How often do you want to have sex? These are questions that we ask couples in marriage counseling so that they can hear each other's answer and then be accountable to each other. Because if she says she want to have sex three times a week and then he wants to have sex three or four times a week and then y'all get married, y'all been married for three, four, five years and y'all only have a marriage or y'all only having sex one time a week and he's frustrated, you can't act like he is um you can't act like he's abusive or you can't act like he's, you know, overwhelming because y'all agreed to having sex three times a week. That was the agreement. So and different people have different sexual needs. But how do you know if you're going to be pleased? How, you know, how do you deal with the anxiety of, man, I don't know if this person is going to compare to the other people that I've been with. It's by having conversation. That's it. It's by having conversation and then also being creative. You know what I'm saying? Um, if the person isn't the height you want, the uh, size you want or whatever the case may be, there are so many creative ways that you can still reach that goal of both intimacy and orgasm. You just have to have the conversation and hear me. If through the conversation you find out this is not the person, you have to be willing to let that go. You got to be willing to say, you know what? You may not be compatible for me. And remember, anything you're not willing to let go of is an idol. Anything God is asking you to let go of uh, and you're you're not willing to let That's go right. of it, it has some form of control over your heart. So um, hopefully that helps. And, and Tamisha, I just want to make sure. So you, you're the person that's, you know, you kind of have had some past and now you're trying to you reel it all in. And you're are you apprehensive about the, the next relationship or are you saying the other person might be apprehensive about getting a relationship with you potentially? No, I just, I, I am, but I know that this is how a lot of people who probably have a past are thinking is how do I go forward now and enter into a marriage with someone that I've never been with when I kind of have, you know, a bit of a past. So, um, I think, I think he answered the question though. So excellent. Excellent. I love it. They, going, they, they going in on me about body count. They, you they, know, they're, they're going in on me. About you know that. what? Because but we're gonna, gonna let let Tamisha go. But Tamisha, thank you so much for that question. Okay, appreciate, you. appreciate it, Tamisha. Yes. Shout so out let, to her too. Let, let's let's talk about that though, because yeah. I think I mean you you obviously said that's something that's important. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's very different. Very different it. counsel, yeah. I would say, than we've had in the past. But it's but at the same time, because it's kind of weird because people will say, "Hey, you should everything should be out on the table," 100. but then also say, "Hey, you don't even want to know that." And then, and then we also say that we need to protect our bodies and abstain because we shouldn't be able to have, we shouldn't be having a lot of sex with people. Right. But then we say, my body count don't matter. So like it, it is, it is some, it is conflicting so, messages. So with is, you. does body count matter only if you've had a baby with them? 
Because now, if, if I get with you, if I get with a female and I got babies and baby mamas, I'm sure she want to know about that, right? Yeah. Ain't that a body? Yeah. So you want to know the body count if it comes with something, but you don't want to know the body count if it comes with something you can't see. I still got the trauma from it, though. Mm. I'm fussing at you and angry at you because of what this last female did, but you don't want to know the body count, so you ain't going to even know where my trauma come from. That don't make sense. Now, it, I'm not telling you I got to give name, address, age, favorite position. That's not what I'm talking about. And hear me, for some people, it may not be a big deal because they may not have a lot of bodies. But for somebody, it may be a big deal. And if it is a big deal, that should be something that we are willing to discuss. But if you're not going to show me your credit, we're not getting married. If you're not going to show me your heart, your mental and physical, I'm talking about like mental health and your physical health record, we're not going to get married. If I can't meet your family, we're not... Oh, wow. Hold on. This is, hold on. Wait, you're going to marry somebody and you don't have a mental health evaluation on them? Wow. So hold on. Are y'all, I've heard through, you know, speaking to a lot of experts that background checks is just relatively normal. 100%. I heard that back. And that was new to me because I didn't, you know, that, that alone was like, damn, I getting background checks. I thought that was kind of invasive, but it's practical, especially you know, for young ladies, you know, because then they have like a whole physical life danger threat aspect that kind of comes in the dating part. I, I get it. Yeah. But you're saying these other evaluations you should be, you should be looking at when you're seriously vetting somebody. So mental health evaluation and a was it was it what was the other one? Credit. Mental health, credit, physical. Phys so physical health, just making yeah. sure. What's what if going you have high body? blood pressure? What if you have high blood pressure that <clears> runs in your family? Shouldn't I know that? Because that's going to be in my children. Your diet, your eating habit. What I mean, that eat? makes sense. I mean, you know, depending on what kind of career you're getting into and what profession, yeah. they'll, they'll do that, too. I, and you do want to have a general idea of what you're signing up for, too. Yeah. Well, but when do you do these things? I, I say, That's my thing. I say it should be... Um, some of this stuff should be right before you make the decision to propose. But a lot of this work happens during the engagement. That's okay. what the engagement process is all about. It's not to plan the wedding. It's to make sure that the marriage is healthy by making sure that the marriage or making sure that those that are being married are equipped with the tools to manage marriage. And that's what the engagement uh, uh, stage is all about. Yeah. You know, that does make sense because I'm not going to lie. Like even there's certain health, you know, things that comes with, you know, health that could blindside you and cause challenges and issues in a marriage that could potentially break you guys 100% that wasn't potentially discussed and you know now these these so, uh, new they weren't new they were always they always existed yeah but you weren't prepared to handle some of these challenges that inevitably come with a relationship and it is what it is it is yeah and I will say this a lot of people in the chat are saying that uh well this is his opinion or this is subjective you're 100% this is not biblical I could give you biblical standards and biblical advice but it's going to be a lot more staunch and a lot more uh difficult it's going to be a lot more uh strenuous and a lot more strict than the advice I'm giving you the advice I'm giving you is from 15 years of pastoring and ministry and counseling and and marriage counseling and couples counseling and therapy so everything that I'm giving you is based on experience, is based on um, uh, my experiments, is based on uh, my expertise and my uh, my length of time doing what I do. So, yeah, it is subjective, but it's worked. It's Honestly, worked. no, no, no. But it's it makes good practical sense, to be yeah. honest with you. In fact, 
I want to get the opinions of the people. So we're going to actually go ahead and drop a poll. Ryan, you cook, you cooking up a poll over there. It looks like Ryan is cooking up a poll <laughs> yeah, for y'all. I am. Because I, I want to get the public opinion of the people here because obviously this stuff might be subjective. But again, it seems relatively practical. And I see some people agreeing and disagreeing all in the chat. So I want to get a general temperature of where our thoughts are on this. So Ryan, what's, what's actually the poll that you're working on putting together here? And let me know if this fits. Could knowing a partner's body count help you get to know them better? And okay, what's your what's your what you got? What's the options? Yes, but don't ask. Yes, always ask. No, not relevant. Ah, way to get some context on that one there. Hey, the Harley Initiated surveys are the best. Yeah, right? we uh, we always get the real thoughts and and, and uh, the thoughts of the people. So we're gonna go ahead and drop that as we continue the conversation. We'll let it roll for like five minutes. We'll let enough people get in there. We just dropped the poll. The poll is live, y'all. So go ahead and give us your thoughts on that one. This is everyone, uh, the, the fellas and the ladies. I want to get your thoughts on this one here just yeah. so we can get a good idea people, what, what we're thinking. People are afraid of that one. Um, and, and I think because people are afraid. Because they know what, they're a hoe. If you're not a hoe, you're not afraid of the question. When you know you've been yeah. out there hoeing around, then you don't want to be asked. It offends I damn sure don't want yeah. nobody to ask me my body yeah. count. I'll tell you that much. I don't want anybody to ask me either. But, but like you said, it does reveal a person's decision making. Yeah. My thing is, if you, can, if you couldn't be faithful to yourself, what makes me think you're going to be faithful to me? Mm. You couldn't keep your own standard. You couldn't keep your own culture and your own commitment. And I'm going to think that all of a sudden, just because you said I do to me, that you're going to be able to keep that commitment to me. So, yes, I want to know how many people you've been with. Now, again, I ain't got to know name and stuff like that. And again, this was a conversation that me and my wife had in marriage counseling one time. It came up one time. We discussed it afterward. He said, hey, after counseling, y'all get on the phone and talk about it. We got on the phone and we talked about it. And literally, I remember where I was. I was in theater class in the back and we, we had a conversation about it. It was a 15 minute conversation. We never thought about it again. I'm not. Now, hear me. If you're going to use their body count to make them feel guilty, make them feel bad try to have some type of spiritual authority, purity authority. Now you better because you've not had as many by then that's, 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 that's dumb. That's going to be uh, hurtful to the relationship. Um, that's not going to end well. So if you have a self-righteous person asking for body count, then that's probably not the best thing to discuss while a person is still dealing with pride and self-righteousness. But if you have a person that's genuinely concerned about the relationship, about us growing together and about us being transparent. OK, if body count don't matter, does it matter after we get married? Right. Mm. It does. It does. So if it matters after we get married, it matters before we got married, because everything we did before we got married prepared us for marriage. It determined how we look at life, determined how we look at each other. So, again, I don't need to know name and address. I don't need to know uh, who was the best at this and what girl did this. I don't need to know that. We don't want to discuss that. We're not trying to cause competition or comparison. The purpose is for us to have constructive conversation about our needs, our desires, our expectations, and for us to give a little bit of clarity and articulation around our trauma and who we are now. And if they self-righteous, you probably don't need to be marrying them in the first place. Yeah. That's going to be something that right. some, cause some real problems. Or yeah, sharing that to just any and everybody. No, you no know, this, is not a, this is not a common social conversation. Right. No. This is somebody that, you know, you would assume we got some long-term yeah, I'm excited Potential. to see the answers to this. Let, let's let's close out this poll so we can get to the next thing here. Let's see what the people saying. How many people we got on that one? I'm, I'm gonna check that out in a second. Shout out to KN. Oh my god, six months, 
six months as an initiate. That's a wow. long time. KM, we love you. Six Thank months, you so much. Yes, six months is the longest that you could even possibly be an initiate. So if you see anybody with that green badge, I just want y'all to give them a shout out right now. That green badge is very, Yeah, very and look, special. keep in mind, guys, look, we got a membership here. You can go ahead and join the conversation, become an initiate to jump up in here because, look, we read every one of these. I'm in here. We active in this. We in the conversation, both of them, with Pastor yeah. and in here with the people as well. And, and so K go ahead and join us. Kay says, I think one of the biggest issues is that the men on here and in the chat have already said a high body count is an automatic disqualifier for a woman. I think men yeah, do say that. What? See, men do say that. The thing is, I, I think it kind of is representative of kind of the people you're dealing with, too. Like, if you ask a young lady where her body count is and you're not quite happy about it, I think you also got to think about kind of what your situation is. You can't so, be a hypocrite. Yeah, you can't be a hypocrite. You can't, yeah. you can't have a high body count and then fault her for having a high body count because energy attract energy. Deep calleth unto deep. Most likely you attracted her and she got a high body count because Negro, you got a high body count. So you're looking for females that got certain qualities and you probably found somebody that you like. And certain sexual experiences. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. You ain't you know out there, got a high body count and you just running the virgins around the corner. You exactly. Because where happening. you at? Where you hanging at? Where what you meeting you doing, these yeah. females at? So I think it's definitely hypocritical for you to then, you know, disqualify her for a high body count when you have a high body count. And then my question is, your body count, when you slept with the girl you weren't married with, you became one of her bodies. So mm -hmm. you're building up her bodies to then disqualify her. Think about that. So every female you sleep with, you becoming one of her bodies, but then you're going to turn around and say, oh, you got too many bodies. You was one of the bodies. So I, I, I think that's that's hypocritical. But I think uh, um, also it shows you culture. It shows you um, that we put a lot more emphasis on the woman to be responsible for sexuality than we do for men. That's a fact. It's so... And... I used to, I used to be promoting that like it's okay for dudes to do this, but the women on the other hand they gotta be. And the reality is, it's like now that I even understand it because now sex has become a lot easier oh, for me over the past, really over the past I would say year, as we begin to have this certain level of notoriety, is becoming really really easy. Mm -hmm. And I, what I'm realizing is that pretty much any woman who has is expressing attractiveness or, or like expression of the interest in me. If I say we have a sex, we, we, we have a sex. Yeah. And it's really my decision. Yeah. <laughs> it, cause I, I get this. Hit slayer real quick. Cause he going cause crazy No, 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 right no. It, it really is. Cause I get they say women control the accesses. I, I do get that to a certain extent. Yeah. Obviously you can't sleep with nobody. I'm not gonna let you sleep with them. Right. But if you are a man that a woman is into, if you, if you agreeable that is happening, this happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they will allow you to make the decision for what's healthy for the both of them. Mm -hmm. So really, it's the man who should be having Always. a higher level of responsibility yeah. when it comes to sex, which is why you go out and you get a woman pregnant. You're not going to blame her for not wearing a condom. It's you. Right. It's you. 100%. Right. Yeah. So I, but I who usually has to take the responsibility of that? Who's going to carry the baby? It's Who's the woman. Who's going to have the baby? Who's going to raise the baby? Who's going to be there doing the mature thing? You were supposed to be the leader, though. You, but you see, you had the option to do the mature thing at the front end. Mm -hmm. But being that you forgo the mature decision, yeah, and you went ahead and got lustful and had that, you know, situation pop off. Now you got this one, all the responsibility, and it's on the woman, right? It's like you really gave up your <clears throat> the, your the leadership in that way. Hear me, grace covers sin, but grace don't cover consequences, mm. right? 
blood, the blood of Jesus covers sin. It don't deal with consequences. Whatever sin you do, you still have to deal with the consequences of that, whether that's memory, whether that's trauma or whether that's a baby. You got to deal with those things. You got to deal with that issue. And what I don't like is the fact that the man talked her into it. She was like, no. And the man talked her into it, then got her pregnant and then literally talked her out of having an or talked to tried to talk into having an abortion or whatever. She at least had some strength for that. Right. But then talked her out of anything. Don't take me to court. Don't ask for child support. He is so per persuasive. He was able to do all of that. And now, look, you stuck with the responsibility. So at some point, we have to have some type of responsibility. We have to have some type of culpability. We have to have some type of discipline in managing our body. Or we're going to continue to have to deal with the consequences. Man, I 1,000% agree One of with my that. initiates actually said, I asked the man, shout out to Ashley. She said, I asked the man this question once. He was, he was my second. I was his 150th something body. He kept a journal of names. <laughs> wow. Man. That's pretty insane right there. Yeah. Ryan, let's close out the poll so we can get to the next part okay, of the conversation. We're we going to close out the poll. We're going to close out the poll. That's that really crazy. threw me off for a second. One, yeah. yeah. I'm going to close out the poll real quick. Could knowing a partner's body count, okay, help you get to know them better? The options, yes, but don't ask. Yeah. That's 27%. 27? 27. 27%. Okay. Yes, always ask. 47%. Wow. wow. I'm shocked by that. Wow. 47%. See, folks be acting like they don't agree with me. That's, that's, that's good. And no, not relevant is about 25%. So this, let me total this up. 75% pretty much says yes. They agree that it's at least, it does help you get to know people better. 75% yes. wow. of people at least agree to that. And the rest of the people, I don't know. They just, they just. They got a dark. Wow. They got a dark side. And and LaPasa already told him why. Yeah. So but once you over it, well once you mature. You want yeah, once you you out of that, yeah. it, it probably I'm sure less matters a lot less. But if you still connected so to a lot of the hurt and you haven't forgiven yourself, yeah, then you are gonna be out of And if you still hurt. plan on doing it, I think it, it is a, it, it matters. But when you're no longer ah. in that lifestyle and you've moved on, it don't even matter no more. Right. That's a yeah. that's a but really good what, big what part. I, what I want to deal with is the perverse perspective that men have. The fact that we actually feel like we are better men because we've had a hundred and fifty females. Like Slayer. Like that's crazy. The fact that whether it's culture, whether it's fathers or whatever, that we would make a man. I'm talking about, and think about the dichotomy because women actually feel bad. And men actually feel good. So it is a cultural conditioning. It is not something that's innate. It's something that society has placed on us. But the fact that a woman will feel bad to the point that she won't want to tell somebody how many people that she slept with, but a man will carry it as a badge of honor. Man, yeah. I've had 75. Keep the score. He keep the score. My thing is, you don't have 75 partners and you're not a millionaire. Oh. You don't have 75 partners. You should be a porn star. <laughs> You should you should have your own website, OnlyFans. You should have a million dollars. But the fact that you don't have sex with 75 people and you still broke shows me that dick ain't nothing. Damn. You ain't got nothing to show from that. That's right. Come on, man. That's right. All these women, you ain't got nothing to show, man. Please. To be honest, that's such a low. See, that's how you hit the fellas low. Yeah. You got to talk about that bread. And see, that's what I and and, and this is why it always goes back to the purpose. Mm. We Instead of being validated and fulfilled 
and affirmed by ourselves and the people around us, by all of our gifts we're giving to the world. Mm. Instead, we affirm by the 150 names on that list. 100%. We affirm by knowing that we got a high five from my boy because we hit that chick. Yeah. We affirmed and are empowered by knowing that we can have sex with women instead of knowing that we have conquered and uh, tamed our desires to go about pretty much completing some of the most difficult challenges. Yes, sir. sir. Meaning our actual, uh, related to our actual assignment. So all of that is really just consequences of us being wanderers. A female is a female is easier to conquer than my pride. A female is easier to conquer than my anger issues. So mm. instead of me dealing with the stuff that actually matters and putting those things on the wall as my rewards and my awards and my accomplishments, I'd rather put a female on the wall. She's easier. Mm. She's the weaker vessel. I can talk her into just, I can make her, she don't know my past. She don't know if I got a job. She don't know if I got an STD. She don't know none of that, but I'm a good talker and I can slang whatever. And so since I can do that, bro, I can get any female I want. What does that do though? Right? If you can do that, if you can be as successful in that, why can't you deal with your lack of discipline, your procrastination, your laziness? You got a business. You got a book you were supposed to write. You got all this stuff you were supposed to do. But you can conquer women. You got a date and you got some last night. And and where your product though? Where your merch? Where your content? <laughs> where your business? Like where you, like, where's the other stuff that matters? Where the fruits? Where the fruit? Other than the babies out of wedlock. Mm. <laughs> Damn it. Think about that, yeah, man. I got real. babies out of wedlock that I can't take care of, and I'm still chasing booty. And I'm and I still ain't got money. Do you think how crazy is that? And when when that little child be like, Daddy, what am I getting for what am I getting for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I, ain't got no money. I right. spent money taking this female on a date, taking this. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Is that's I mean, that's really happening out here. All the time. The streets. If I got a brother who's in this position, and I want to talk to my brothers, man, because I'm hard on my brothers, especially. But my brother, that's a wanderer, and he's not tapped in with his purpose. What does he do to start getting momentum or at least finding mm. to any level that, that, that direction that he needs to yeah. go into? What does he do? That's so good, man. Um, I know that this may sound super spiritual, super deep. I promise you it's not. It's very practical. <clears throat> the first thing he needs to do is repent. That's the first thing. He has to be able to say, man, what I'm doing isn't right. I'm not going down the right path. I'm destroying my life, my potential, my gifts, my calling. Like I am not pleasing God and I'm not pleasing myself. I got to do something different. That's the first thing. You got to acknowledge that what you're doing is detrimental to your destiny and it's destructive. And then you got to choose to go a different way. Hear me. It's very hard to go a different way without a community. Right. Because usually when you're it's what we call traffic and traffic is not just on the streets. Traffic is in our mind. It's in our relationships. But there's a flow of traffic. So when a person is going down a certain path, they're going with the flow. Usually everybody around them is going in the same direction. Right. So the moment you decide to turn around and go in the opposite direction is like swimming upstream. You're going against the current. You're going against the culture. You're going against the conversation and the community It's going to be hard for you to do that 
without changing lanes or without changing communities. You're going to have to find a community of people that have the same standard, have the same core values, have the same culture, and they will hold you accountable to your purpose, to your potential and to what God has called you to do. So the first thing is uh, repent. The second thing I would mm-hmm. say was uh, get around the right people, get around the right community, um, identify the spiritual disciplines that you need to deal with. Right. If you have a lack of patience, maybe you need to meditate. If you have a lack of persistence, and <laughs> a, a, a lack of uh, consistency, maybe you need to worship. Maybe you need to pray. Um, if you're selfish, if you have a lot of pride, maybe you need to find a place to serve, like, you know, go uh, to a soup kitchen or whatever the case may be. Um, so you have to find out the areas in your life that actually need development. And then you have to commit to spiritual disciplines that develop those areas. Now that's going to take time. So after repentance, now you got community. Now it takes time. The scripture says seed time harvest, right? So after you repent, you're going to sow yourself as a seed into a community. It's no longer about your individual wants or desires. It's about the community standard and the community uh, core values. It's about you being a part of that community. And then after that, it's about you committing to spiritual disciplines, just like if you go into the gym. When you first go to the gym, are you going to see results? No. When you first start praying, are you going to see results? No. It's about you maintaining a level of consistency with that spiritual discipline. And then you're going to begin to see growth. When you start to see growth, you got to think about it just like a, a plant. My my wife loves plants. Right. So she'll plant a, a seed and uh, that 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 uh, plant will start to grow in that pot. At a certain point, you got to take the plant out of the pot if you want the plant to continue to grow. And Paul said it like this. When I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I got out of my pot. I got out of my immaturity. I got out of that lifestyle, right? And I became a man. I put away childish things. So um, when you start to see a level of growth, Jesus said like this, whenever I see growth, um, whenever something begins to produce fruit, God prunes it so that it produces much more fruit. So whenever you start to grow, now this is where you got to protect your growth. Now, this is when you got to have greater standards, higher levels of discipline, a greater, a a tighter knit circle, because you don't want anybody to come in and infect what you've worked so hard to build. So after you got that repentance and the community, the spiritual disciplines, you start to see a level of growth. Now you need um, some pruning. You just need probably some mentorship, some coaching um, to take you to the next level. But that's that's what I would say. That would be a progress that I would say you can implement to really start to come out of that. Man, that's that's so good, man. That's so good. I I think. I would have probably given a young man the exact same advice. I say, if you if you ain't tapped in with your purpose, man, the first thing you need to do is just find somebody who is quickly 100%. and get around them. Because even when you see somebody, and like you know when somebody's really in tuned and on their assignment and mission because they got a different energy 100. about them. They are literally energized by the work. I'm not talking about the person who is literally looking at Monday morning as suffer as they wake up and have to work. I'm talking about the person who is literally, you got to fight them not to work on the weekends Mm -hmm. because they just absolutely are energized by what they do. When you get around somebody at that level, it is absolutely infectious, Yes, especially as a young man. And the culture of that person is completely different. The culture of that environment. I'm with my nephew this past weekend. Shout out to Lil Roly. I'm catching up with him. Just graduated from college. I'm asking him what he wants to do. He's saying he wants to, you know, go into, you know, be a firefighter. And I'm like, why the hell you want to be a firefighter? And he's like, he said something that was just so extremely self-aware. And I was so impressed by his answer. He said, Ty, you know, because I have to be in an environment where I am constantly doing something that is so challenging to me. Mm. 
and I have to be constantly challenged. I have so to be, I have to be exerting effort because yeah. if I'm not, I'm going to spiral downhill. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow. So the firefighting is, is that's not what it is. That just checks the boxes of something that challenges you. That's yes. the avatar for an environment and a culture of work that would take you and challenge you to yeah. get you to the next level. Yeah. And all you are doing is using that as that's the best environment I have right now in front of me. The fact that he figured that out is amazing, but that's what every man needs. Every man needs an environment that challenges him, that challenges his discipline, that challenges his perspective, that challenges his culture and his habits. Every man needs that. That's how a man grows. When a man doesn't have that, a man becomes lazy. When a man doesn't have that, a man becomes a procrastinator. When a man does not uh, have that, he doesn't um, kind of exhaust his potential. And he does become a, a very depressed, disappointed, uh, discouraged individual because nobody around him is putting pressure on his potential. So every man needs that. Men are best when they're around that. So we wow. talk about now a brother that is finding his purpose. If he's lost, how he would need to. One, he mm -hmm. needs to repent and acknowledge, acknowledge that he's lost, yeah. acknowledge it. Two, change his environment quickly. Quickly. So he can be able to now start to develop that the pretty much it's because and, and I remember being that person because I remember funny, I've always had the mindset that I wanted to change, especially early years back. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how when you acknowledge that and you want to change the the, the there's no really clear cut path to finding your purpose. It's just when you start doing these fundamental things correctly that we're talking about, all the pieces just start strangely arranging themselves yeah. in the right places. All of a sudden you want to go to this event and you randomly meet this person meet and they the right connect people. you to yeah, this. And then all of a sudden that happens and this happens you know and why? that happens. Because you're going in the right direction now. When you decided to <laughs> repent and go in the right direction, you're going in the right direction. You start meeting the right people. When you're going down the wrong direction, you met the wrong people. But when you start going in the right direction, you get in the right place at the right time. You meet the right people that unlocks the unfolding of your purpose and your destiny. 100%. When does that man bring a woman into his life? When he can bring a woman into his space without violating her values. Mm. If you still don't have the self-control or the discipline, now, again, at this particular point, you should be a high-focused individual. You should be a high-performing individual. All you're focused on is your purpose, your money, your health, your mental health. You should be a high-rolling individual. Why would you want somebody to come into your world and disrupt or destabilize everything that you've worked so hard to establish? So um, you know that you're ready. Number one, just like Ryan, when you start feeling that pressure, of course, you're going to feel the pressure <clears throat> of intimacy just because you're a man, but uh -huh. can you manage? it without hurting her. If you can't, it's not time yet. But after you've built up these things, right? You built up your business. You got some money. You built up your uh, your house. You got a, a space. You got a car. You you've got all of these things. You're on your way towards your purpose and your destiny. And now, hear me. Think about this. God created Adam in the garden to tend it and keep it. But then He said, "It is not good for man to be alone." The only reason man needed a help me is because he understood his assignment and his purpose. Outside of his purpose and assignment, what's she helping you do? So how do you know that it's time to bring a female into your environment? Not only do you know your purpose and your assignment, but you are actively trying to accomplish and execute that purpose and assignment. But then you get to the point where you're like, dang, who's helping me? 
I need somebody to share this wealth with. I need somebody to help me uh, continue this because I'm going to get old. I need to have kids that, that continues my bit. Like marriage becomes a, a business. It becomes us building an empire. This is not about me trying to get an orgasm. I can get that by myself or I've gotten that before I got with anybody. So that that's not the purpose of us getting together. The purpose of us getting together is can we execute this purpose together? And this is how you find out if the person that you're talking to is the person that you're called to be with. Because at some point, OK, I'm going to say it two ways. Purpose should either be parallel or it should intersect. Mm. But if purpose is going in two opposite directions, it's going to be hard for you to maintain an intimate relationship. Meaning that if you're trying to be a drug dealer and she's trying to be a cop, that's probably not going to work. Right. right? If you're trying to be this and they trying to be, that's probably not going to work. But if your lanes can intersect like me, like me, I'm a pastor. My wife is a teacher. See, it intersects. We both helping people. And then there's a pipeline because we both want to change generations and families. She gets to do it on the educational side. I get to do it on the spiritual side. But the spiritual side has a level of education in it because we got to train and we got to equip and we got to educate. Right. But it also education has a spiritual side to it because you're not just dealing with people and their academics. You're dealing with their feelings and their puberty and them growing up and their perspective, so forth and so on. So we found a place for it to intersect. Sometimes purposes are parallel, meaning that they're different, but they're at least traveling in the same direction right mm. um or they intersect if it's going in opposite directions you're going to have some trouble so if he's done everything he needs to do and now he's starting to date if she can if she intersects with his purpose or if they find a place of uh, uh, uh like if they if their purposes are parallel then that's how he knows man i should let her into my life because we're gonna be able to do more together than we would be able to do by ourselves Man, I want to add one to that, too, because no, please. And, and this is kind of going into the nuances of manhood as well. And me, me and Ryan, you, we talked about this a while ago, but you also have to be aware and make sure that you're disciplined enough that when you bring her into your life, she doesn't break flow of your progress 100%. and your routines. Yes, because another thing, for example, I would notice that if I brought a young lady over and she spent a night. I'm probably not gonna work out that next day. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm probably not gonna wake up early. You, in the you already got your workout. I'm probably <laughs> right. Right. I'm probably gonna have. I'm probably gonna wake up a little bit later. Yeah. I'm probably gonna have done all these things that are anti progressive I might have even drunk that night. Mm -hmm. Now alcohol is all of a sudden a part of my life mm -hmm. because this, you know, the, the, this woman or these women are involved in my environment. Yeah. Now at this point, because I was not disciplined enough. Mm -hmm to bring a woman in and still be straight, you know, steadfast and on what I'm supposed to be doing and what I would be doing alone. Every woman shouldn't be smash material or every woman shouldn't be smashable. I'm not talking about the way they look. You follow them? Every female that comes into your space is not for you to have sex with. So if you've not established that, if you've not come to grips with that, then every female that comes into your space is dangerous. Mm. you're a danger to them because you're going to break a boundary or you're going to step over a standard because you don't respect them enough to treat them as a person. They're just a person. You know what I mean? And so I do think that men, especially in professional environments, uh, spiritual environments, we have to have more interaction with women so that we see them beyond just sexuality. I think most men don't, they don't work around enough females. They don't work around enough women to have that level of respect. So um, yeah, it becomes dangerous, man. When a, a man that doesn't have discipline is a danger to himself and everybody around him. Man, that is so true. Yeah, I agree with that.
That is so true, man. First of all, Pastor, man, just round, hit, a, hit a round of applause real quick, Lano, because... I mean, you really just came in here and just flamed this joint up tonight. Yeah, I got. I, got, I mean, <laughs> we got, got some it. super chats for him. Yeah, yeah, and I got. I got a question. Hey, look, y'all better go ahead and get these super chats in because Pastor yeah. ain't gonna be here all night, right? We got to get him back so he can go ahead and get ready for these pool pit Sundays <laughs> right, <laughs> that right, he right. got every week. So y'all better yes. go ahead and get it in. They already trying to welcome him back for another show. Shout out to Yali, Yali, who actually Yali, let us know if you got that uh that dear future wife book. We actually sent that out to you, but yep. Yali is a six month initiate, and uh, she just says, "I appreciate this community so much. I wish uh, I was a part of these conversations in my twenties and thirties. I would have dated differently." Mm. I think we all we all saying that right 100. now, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> if somebody caught this the first time they watching it, just right now, they like, man, I wish I would have had this conversation yesterday. That's you got it now though. Yeah, so make it count. That's a fact. that's what that's, that's what matters. Shout out to Judith for sending over another super chat as well, and shout out to KN. And uh, looks like we got a question here somewhere. Let's see. Sunshine and beauty. There we go. Men may need pressure to embrace his potential. How does a woman know when a man? has too much pressure if that is a thing as a woman and mental health advocate i believe in balance so she's asking how how do you know if a man is dealing with too much pressure but are, are we talking about pressure for his purpose and potential or just pressure in life period and and what's the difference in that because if you're saying if he's got because that's a good question because I think in some ways that might be good and bad pressure, right? Right, it is. So, and, and is that the line you're trying to draw on the sand? Yeah. Is it good pressure that he's, is he's like, if he like stressed and anxious and depressed yeah, or yeah. is he got pressure because he's put, he's got built up so much momentum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the scripture says that God won't put more on you than you can bear. But I've learned people will put more on themselves. So mm. when there's when you have unrealistic expectations, it will create an unrealistic burden. So that's why I want to be careful about we talk about pressure because some men are dealing with pressure that's not good pressure. Right. It's the pressure to be everything It's the pressure to pay all the bills and meet all the needs and to be a doctor and to be a lawyer and to be a daddy and to be this. That's a lot of pressure. You understand? And I'm not just talking about in a marriage or in a relationship. But I'm just talking about in life period, men deal with a lot of pressure. So I want to just make sure that we're talking about the pressure on his potential. If we're talking about the pressure of him becoming all that he is called to become, the first thing I'll say is number one, that ain't your job. Mm. That's not a woman's job to be the primary source of pressure that cultivates a man's potential. That's not her job. Her job is to support. Her job is to serve. Her job is to love. Now, it doesn't mean that she can't be a conduit of making sure that he he is pointed towards or that he focuses on um, uh, so that he focuses on his uh, potential and his purpose. But she should not be the only one putting pressure on him to accomplish his purpose. He should have parents. He should right. have friends. He should have a spiritual community or at least a community at the gym he go to, at the basketball court he plays at. He should have a community of people that's putting pressure on him to become the man he is called to become. That shouldn't all be the one. If the woman is the only person putting pressure on that man to grow up or to become what God has called him to become, you're not his girlfriend, you're his mama. Damn. Well, I got a follow-up. Shout out to Pele, too, for sending this one over. I think this one is good. It, it, it qualifies as a follow-up to me. How does a person know their purpose? Right. The scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, it's hard for you to understand the purpose of a thing if you don't understand who created it and why. So you will never understand your purpose without knowing the God that gave you purpose. It's all about discovering God. The more you discover God, the more you discover yourself. 
right? The reason the scripture shows us the character of God is because God created us in his likeness and in his image. But because of sin, that image and that likeness was marred, tainted, or it was broken. So now we don't know who we're supposed to be. We don't know how we're supposed to act unless we look at the one who made us in his image. So we look at the scripture, we look at God, we follow God, we have a relationship with God to learn that he's faithful. Why is that important? Because if he's faithful, guess what I should be? faithful. If he's consistent, I should be consistent. If he's loyal, I should be loyal. And he's been all of that to me. So me trying to be that to him is what develops me as a person. And it, it also allows me to discover my purpose, uh, why I was born, why I'm here. And I'll just say this, uh, follow your frustrations. You can find out what you're called to do by following the things that frustrate you. Because most likely the things that frustrate you, you're called to uh, solve or you're called to address, you're called to bring a solution to. So look at the things that frustrate you, but then also look at your gifts, right? The scripture mm. says that God has placed gift in earthen vessel. The only way you can accomplish your assignment is through the tools or through the gifts God has given you. So you look at the gifts that God has given you and that'll usually point you towards your purpose. That might have answered my this question because I wanted to challenge you a bit with this one because I know we got a lot of, we have a vast um, you know, background of the of the initiates that we have listening to the yeah. platform, and everybody might not necessarily be a Christian. One hundred percent. So, you know, if someone is not necessarily walking the Christian walk, mm -hmm. but still wants to be tapped in and identify their purpose, yeah. And I think this is a perfect question for you, somebody that actually studied and even um, experiment, practice, practice yeah, some different, you know, a different religion. What would you say is is that common factor? What it takes to identify your purpose? Yeah. Um, number one, again, going back to gifts. Um, so it it would be because you may have answered it. Was it was yeah. it the gifts and it's the frustrations? Going back to gifts, yeah, definitely gifts and frustrations. Looking at the stuff that you want to change, you know, looking at the stuff that you feel like isn't working, and whether it's political, whether it's in education. Um, um, athletics, wherever it is, but looking at your frustration, looking at the place of pain, um, looking at even your past, places of trauma, things that you've been through also become a phenomenal territory and, and ground for you to be able to help somebody else. If you've been through molestation or you've been through a single parent home, then it becomes a phenomenal opportunity for you to say, you know what? I don't want any kid to grow <clears throat> up in a single parent home the way I did. I don't want any kid to be molested the way that I did. And that can become the foundation for a person's purpose. Um, but it's definitely it, it is it is difficult to find your purpose without uh, discovering the person that created you. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it, it is a bit difficult, but it does take introspection. It takes you going inward because that that is as much as it might be, you know, related to, you know, business or whatever the case might be. It is very much a spiritual journey. 100, because think about it, purpose is inside, you know, purpose is in you. So when we talk about the spiritual realm, we're talking about that thing that is invisible, right? So purpose is a part of that uh, spiritual world because it is invisible. It is in you. Um, so it does take a level of spirituality. And when I say spirituality, I'm not just talking about prayer and worship and church and uh, Christian music. When I talk about spirituality, number one, I'm talking about an awareness that you are more than natural an awareness that you are more than flesh and blood, an awareness uh, and acknowledgement that there is something beyond what you see in the mirror. That makes you spiritual. Then you being aware and being having a level of self-awareness of your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your concerns, those are invisible. That's the spirit. So the more you take care of the spiritual realm, I think the more you may come across your purpose. But uh, honestly, um, I don't truly feel like you can meet your purpose without meeting the person that gave you purpose, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm.
and go ahead and get we got this last one here yeah, that we can get to? It, yeah, that's a really good question. It is. Um, shout out to Nicole, one of our lovely initiates. She says, as we close out 2023 and prepare for the new year, what advice do you have for singles who will be stepping into the dating scene after hiatus to grow spiritually? Mm-hmm. That's really, really good. The scripture says, do not be unequally yoked. So the first thing is, again, we talked about that community. That community is so important. Um, but the biggest thing is, number one, take your time. Right. right? Don't rush. Just because you think you've grown spiritually, that devil know what you like. That devil know your weaknesses. So even though you think you've grown spiritually, hear me. Guess wh- Guess who's been there while you've been growing? The devil. Right. Guess who's been there while you've been praying and all that. So the devil still know your weaknesses. So take it slow. Do not be prideful. Don't think that you're stronger than you are. And then hear me. The greatest word when it comes to dating is accountability. We talked about going out in groups. We talked about going out in public settings, but accountability. We already know when you're planning for something to go down because you stop being accountable. We already know you stop communicating. Nobody, you ain't answering nobody's text messages. People trying to contact (laughs) you. We know when you're trying to get something to go down. So be accountable. Don't sabotage your own destiny just for a little piece. I'm talking about you've been, especially if you've been working good. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you've been doing good, you've been staying abstinent, you've been staying pure, you're growing. Please don't destroy all of that for one moment of pleasure. Because the devil does know. And and they, I mean, he just use all type of tactics. You know what I realized too? I realized um, is sometimes you can try to fight off the main thing. Like if you being abstinent, mm-hmm. you just want to fight off not having sex, yeah. not having sex. But what I realized is like it's these other ways that you kind of open the gate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you're thinking about not having sex, think you're doing good, but you missed the past two workouts. Right. So now your testosterone is a little bit it's higher high. than usual, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. you ain't letting no release out, right? That's right. Then you, you know, decide to wake up a little late, Sweet. which make you work work a little a little late. But and now, so now you didn't get to eat. So that time that that person always inviting you out, that you mm-hmm. always saying no, thank you, no, thank you. All of a sudden, well, you know what? I am a little hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next thing you know, you anyway. You haven't had the release of dopamine from working out. So yes. you don't feel like you've accomplished something. She becomes your workout. Exactly. She becomes what's going to give you that feeling of fulfillment because you now you feel low and you feel sluggish. Man, I ain't doing nothing with my life going. Hitting that, now all of a sudden going to bring back that confidence again. And now you're on a cycle. Most women don't even know you're just his confidence boost. That, like you're his vitamin. You're his confidence vitamin. Whenever he start feeling depressed, whenever he start feeling like he lacks confidence or, you know, uh, charisma, whatever the case may be, he's going to find somebody he can talk into the bed. That's going to give him that research. And that's why she wonders, why did we have sex? And he disappeared because he got back on his game. Yeah. The mm. moment he had sex and he got back to it. Oh, man, I'm supposed to be doing this. You gave him that energy back. Now he back on his on his grind. And you wonder why he ain't texting me back and why he's inconsistent because you was that you were that vitamin. Yeah. Oh, yes, man. You was a vitamin. It's true. It's true. It's really true. And you're not a one a day, baby. You, you, you know, <laughs> one in a lifetime. It's time for <laughs> to go to sleep. He's, yeah, he's going crazy. This he's going crazy. crazy. Shout out to Lydia Weir. <laughs> Shout out to Lydia Weir, who's been with us for five months. Says Ryan, she or she let me know she's in the super chat, but she says I love this platform so much. I always go away learning something. Me too, Lydia. And let me see what you sent over us earlier, Lydia. I just oh she just wants to share what helped her abstain. What's so that? this is good. She says, 
is the fact that sex is spiritual and every time you have sex with someone you are spiritually marrying them and she only want to be married to one person Ooh. yeah jesus last shout, question. Out to you, shout out to you Lydia. yes and this this is my last because i know you got to go past it, but I, I was just curious about this because um you know a lot, a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff going on this thing sexual tension yeah okay i want to figure out what what how would you define sexual tension and how do you kind of just yeah. destroy it or like eliminate it you know what i mean like yeah. ryan ain't getting some one-on-one coaching you, I really, <laughs> really, i'm a charge you're gonna get a deal after this man because no, i be finding yeah. i be sometimes i be because you know, in my mind i'm like you know i'm not doing this not doing that yeah. and i'll be talking to you know and i'll look up and i'm talking to her and i'm like oh wait now it's kind of the space and now I'm feeling this tension and mm-hmm. I just, in my mind, I'm like, I just want to get out of here. I just want to run away, yeah. you know, but I know I obviously can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I want, so I'm trying to figure out how to maintain this level. Like, I, I, I hear you. you, I hear you. Yeah, 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 I hear you. Because yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be running away from the women. 100%. And I don't want to be being all weak and stuff, you know, what I'm, yeah. but, but I, I want them to know, hey, I'm, I'm still a man, but hey, look, I want you to respect me in this way. So the sexual tension can't it can't be 100%. it ain't good. Yeah, one hundred percent. So there's two things going on. There's attractiveness, right, uh, which is like think about a magnet or magnetism, and then you also have chemistry, which we've talked about a little bit earlier. So let's deal with attraction. What you're talking about when it comes to sexual tension, you have a level of attraction, and it could go there if it went there, right? right? And so that's fine. You're a grown man. That's a grown woman. Um, that's no different than me. I'm a pastor. I after church at the altar, I hug a lot of women and I see a lot of women and every woman that hugs me is not hugging me because I preached well. Right. Right. There are some women that hug me because they're attracted to me. And just because I'm married doesn't mean that women are no longer attractive to me. I'm an artist by nature. So aesthetics are huge for me. So I see beautiful women all the time. So if I'm fine to you and you fine to me, boom, there goes the magnetism or the attraction. Right. Now, think about if I got a, a, a magnet. When you put magnets together that are, you know, both south or both north or both positive, both negative, when you put two negatives together, it's going to have a attraction. Two positives going to have an attraction. It's only when you have the opposites that you're going to have um, a level of repulsion. But that attraction is going to be there. How do you get magnets not to connect? You have to either create distance or create barriers. So that's a conversation, right? And you don't even have to address the elephant in the room because if I'm married, right, and there's a female that's attractive to me, I'm attractive to her, and I feel like this situation is going to be dangerous. The last thing I'm going to let her do is let her know she has an upper hand to let her know that I'm weak or I'm vulnerable because she may take advantage of that. So I'm never going to say, you feel this, don't you? You know we can't be around each other because we feel no all that's gonna do is what the scripture says where there is no law there's no transgression <laughs> but god gave the law to instigate sin so the moment i say that i'm gonna awaken the curiosity in her so i'm not gonna say that i'm just gonna put boundaries on myself and tell my crew hey y'all after 10 she gotta go mm. we don't let females over here after 10. or hey call I'm, I'm gonna go out to coffee wait 30 minutes and then call me so i can get up out of there so I'm going to set boundaries in place that don't allow her to get that close where the magnets connect. You Man. follow what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I'm going to create distance or boundaries so that that doesn't happen. That's the attraction or the magnetism. But you also got to deal with chemistry because the same way you guys, right? Y'all do a phenomenal job because y'all have great chemistry. The only way you're going to be able to work well with somebody is because you have chemistry. We have to be mature enough to understand 
chemistry don't mean I should sleep with you. Mm. Chemistry don't mean you're my best friend. Chemistry don't mean we soulmates. Chemistry don't mean chemistry don't mean none of that. Chemistry that means that we work well together seamlessly, efficiently, and excellently. We should be utilizing that for productivity, not pleasure. If we work well together, this ain't for vacations. This is for us to accomplish our assignment and do what God has called us to do. So we have to be able to interpret chemistry purely. If you only interpret chemistry through the lens of sexuality because of trauma, you're going to have sex with everybody you feel cool with. You're a hoe. Again, you're a hoe. So you have to be able to understand the, the purpose of chemistry. We're, 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 we have chemistry because we're supposed to be building something together. Now, hopefully when you're ready to get married, you got chemistry, right? You got the communication, you got the character, you got all of that together. But uh, what you're dealing with is attraction and chemistry because you can be attracted to people that you don't have chemistry with and you can have chemistry with people that you're not attracted Two, um, it's a danger when you get both of those. Right, you have to be careful and set some boundaries and set some limits. But yeah, usually that's how you deal with it. Let that. me tell you, you put me all the way on game um, because as a single man, I was, I, I, I just, I literally just realized this. I was letting too many things kind of come into my life, you know. So, and what I mean by that is because I'm single, if mm -hmm. a young lady calls me and she's like, "Hey, you know, I just want to stop by because it's like, okay, cool." Mm -hmm. Oh hey yeah, I was over here in the neighborhood. You know, one of the, okay cool. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I was like, damn, these are not positions that I need to be in because 100%. it quickly went from hey, I'm just gonna stop by and this, and all of a sudden I'm in a chokehold, and I'm like, yo, I gotta get this girl up out my house, <laughs> you know. And as a single man, I wasn't really thinking so. Was, was she actually choking you? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Because no. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the temptation had me in a chokehold. The temptation had me in a chokehold. And I was just thinking. Choke me. Right, okay. <laughs> Choke me. Best thing, it's getting no, too late. It's, no. too, it's the after dark part no, of the show you, right but here. But you get what I'm saying. So you, yeah, you, really, you really put me on game with that. Because even as single people, <laughs> we have to do certain things to kind of keep keep the, the house tidy. Wow. And not having this temptation just kind of. Ready to choke us. Yeah, yeah facts. <laughs> we have a superior man. He actually talked about that too. He actually said, interesting, one of my favorite books. Have you read that book, by the way? The Superior Man? Way, way of a Superior Man? No, I haven't. David Dita. It's a mm. beautiful book. I love beautiful reading too. Beautiful so book. Check it out. He actually said, when you feel that in your body, what we're supposed to do is actually breathe. He actually gave a breathing technique. Mm. He said, because what happens is we can get a knot, like you feel that tension build up in us. And he said, you have to literally control your breath. Breath is really important when you feel that sexual tension because you don't want it to get knotted up right there. Bam, in that spot. Yep. You want it to flow and breathe it in and out so you can stay paced, you can stay controlled, and you can feel it and not have to run away from it in particular because he talked about how that's very normal for a masculine man to 100%. be attracted to a woman. Always. So breath work is interesting. Is, uh can even be used as a more tactical technique, yeah. obviously on a ground level in those environments, because we just not going to be able to avoid being around those situations. Yeah, and trust me, I've been in situation, but ever since I learned that, I've been in a situation. So now that y'all know, y'all know, y'all see me all of a sudden do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> you already know your boys, your boys fighting it. Right. That's he fighting right, right now. Like Look, it's we, we call that meditation. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like literally, I'm constantly, there's a scripture that says men ought to always pray and not faint. I am always meditating or praying. Right. And I'm not talking about, Lord, I love it. No, I'm praying like, Father, protect me. Give me wisdom. Everywhere I go, I'm constantly praying that because uh, the church is 70% women. 
I'm not talking about my church. I'm talking about the church. Yeah. So I travel even more than I preach on Sundays at my church. I travel and you're always constantly around women that are vulnerable, women that are hurt, women that trust you more than they trust their husband. Right. And if you don't have the right heart, you can take advantage of that. So it does take a level of discipline, a level of integrity. You have to love God more than you love these females. And if you don't, Females will always have an advantage over you because of your lack of devotion to God. So you have to have an assignment. You got to have a purpose. There's a scripture I wanted to read just real, real quick. I know go ahead, no, go ahead, do your thing. But it's Second Timothy two, right? Verse number three. It starts at verse number three. It says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth is talking about a warrior. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life." that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Meaning that if you want a championship, you only gonna get the championship if you do it the right way. If you play dirty, you're gonna get disqualified. But that scripture verse number four, where it says, no man that warth or no man that goeth to war entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Of this life. An athlete cannot be an amazing athlete. If they trying to be normal, you're not going to be able to be great at nothing. If you want to be common, if you want to hang out with the boys and do what they do and be able to just live whatever type of life, eat whatever type of diet, both naturally and spiritually, that's fine. Do it. Have a life of leisure, but you won't accomplish anything great. If you want to get mastery, if you want a crown, if you want a championship, you're going to have to restrict your life to what Jesus calls the narrow way. Right. So that means you can't do what everybody else do. do. You can't say what everybody else say. You can't watch what everybody else watch. You can't go where everybody else go. It's not because I'm better than anybody. bro. I'm trying to get the championship. I'm trying to get the goal. And the only way I can get the goal, I'm going to have to limit and restrict myself. Even sometimes from myself, I'm going to have to limit and restrict myself in order for me to accomplish that. So it's not diff- it's, it's not easy. That's why the scripture says endure hardness as a good soldier, as a soldier it's going to be difficult. This is not easy. I don't want anybody to think that what we're talking about is easy. And I'm talking about it like I've like I've arrived. No, this is a daily battle for me. I got to constantly pray. I got to be just as accountable as I'm telling other people to be, lest I become shipwrecked. After I've preached to others and others have been saved, then I become shipwrecked, God forbid. So this is not easy. All right. It takes a lot. But after you fail, after you've had babies out of wedlock, After you've went through a divorce, after you've been through trauma, at some point you say, bro, I want to do this right. Like, I don't have time to waste my life, to waste time, to waste another woman's heart. I ain't got that type of time. So at some point, if it's important to you, if your purpose, if your destiny is important to you, if pleasing God is important to you, you will prioritize the management of your body, soul and spirit. If it's not, be a hoe. (laughs) And that, my friend, that doesn't. Is how you close it out now, but not not quite. Okay, not quite because this is the last live of 2023. Mm-hmm. So technically, in real life, in real time, you about to take us in to 2024. For my people okay. here, it's the last thing y'all gonna watch until y'all go ahead and see what we do on January one. So what I would like you to do, I don't know what's on your heart, but I need you to go ahead and yeah. end this here with a prayer for us. I want you and take us straight up in to this new year and everybody here watching. Okay, see y'all on the other side, baby. Hey. 2023 is coming to an end and a brand new chapter, a brand new season is about to open for us. We are going into the year 2024. Um, 
24 is two sets of 12. 12 in the scripture is the number of government, the number of order. Um, 24 means that there's an emphasis on order. There's an emphasis on government. Number one, globally, we're going to begin to see God do crazy things in government, uh, in the governments of the earth. But personally and individually, it's time for us to get our government together. If we want God to do great things in our life, if we want to have purpose and destiny, accomplishment, rewards, then we got to get certain things established in our life. When we talk, when we talk about government, we're talking about order. We're talking about discipline. We're talking about structure. We're talking about processes, right? That's what we have to establish in our life. If the promises of God are going to come to pass, it's because I'm disciplined. I'm in order. Um, I'm managing my mind, my heart. I'm not doing things superfluous. I'm not just doing things haphazard. There's a strategy to my goal. There's a strategy to my vision. There's a strategy to my gifts and my calling. There's a strategy. I'm not just hoping that it happens. No, I've sat down. I've counted the cost and I'm developing a strategy. In 2024, the people that are going to win are the people that have strategy. So I want to pray that the Lord gives you wisdom. I want to pray that the Lord gives you creativity. I want to pray that the Lord gives you ambidexterity, agility, that the Lord gives you freedom, that the Lord breaks every bound, that the Lord breaks every boundary, all the fear, all the anxiety. I want to pray that you walk into 2024 confident, bold, understanding who you are, understanding who God is, understanding your purpose, your gifts, and your potential. I believe 2024 is going to be your greatest year, but it's on, you're only going to be able to manage it if you got the right structure and if you got the right discipline and order in your life. So Father, I just pray for everybody watching that you would give us the ability to manage the pressure, that you would give us the ability to harness the burden into productivity, that we would not be overwhelmed by our goals, overwhelmed by our objectives, but you would give us peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we thank you for wisdom. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for understanding a level of comprehension that is second to none. I thank you that the spirit of confusion is rebuked. We are no longer walking in the fog of our future, but we see all things clearly. Father, we thank you for vision that is yet for an appointed time. Those that read it will run with it. We thank you for acceleration. We thank you for speed. We thank you for accomplishing it. We're going to be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise as we go into this new year for keeping us for another year year and they're making this year phenomenal we love you it's in jesus name we pray amen amen amen, amen. now look y'all ready for the year now yeah we ready y'all are ready <laughs> for this new year and thank you so much pastor brian Bruh, meadows for coming awesome. up here and kicking it with us over no, here yeah, this awesome. Listen, give me a microphone sit me over there i can i can run that board <laughs> right no you you excellent you excellent i want i, I want right you to time. let the people know man because you, you here in the city here with us 100%. i don't know what you got coming up i don't know what you got going on but please let the people know we've been dropping your ig in the chat yeah man. so they know they can find you there but what else do people need to know that you man, got going on we are gearing up for a phenomenal new year service uh on sunday we're having an 11 a.m service and then we coming back at 10 p.m to bring in the new year strong so Ooh. anybody that wants to be in church uh some people want to be in the club some people want to be with their family i believe in being in the household of faith i want to be in church i want to be on my face i want to be praying into the new year i want to hear what god is saying for me in the new year so if you want to come join us uh at church we're going to be there at 10 p.m 11 a.m and 10 p.m at 4665 Macklin Road. And then get this, starting the new year, we've been doing one service all year long. Uh, the Lord has blessed us, man. We've been growing exponentially, but starting January the 7th, first January or the first Sunday in January, we're going to two services. So every Sunday, 9 a.m., 1130 a.m., I want you to come hang out with us. Again, Embassy City, 
4665 Macklin Road, Powder Springs, Georgia. Go to brianmeadows.tv, brianmeadows.com, brianmeadows.net. You can connect with us. Uh, again, we got a free app. You can go to the App Store, uh, Apple, Google, Android. Just type in Brian Meadows, B-R-Y-A-N-M-E-A-D-O-W-S. You can find our app. I mean, we're it's supposed to be on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, on Twitter or X, whatever that is now, you can find us everywhere. Connect with us. I promise you, you'll grow. So you got two now. You was you only had the 9 a.m. at first? Or you we only, only had the 11 a.m. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we only had the 11 a.m. So now. now we're about to do a 9 a.m. Now you got something for the early risers. For the, yeah, 100%. So if you're an early riser, come join us, man. It's crazy. You, you better get to sleep room. on Saturday now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, <laughs> hear me. I, I, I've been saved since I was 15. I, I've been saved since I was 16. I've been preaching since I was 17. Since I was 17 till now, my Saturdays have always belonged to God. Wow. Yeah. I love that. As a preacher, man. as a pastor, I got to be ready for Sunday. So I'm, I don't have no Saturdays. I like that. I love it, man. I love it, man. And it's been a blessing to have you I here. I appreciate y'all, man. I got a good feeling. This one, look. This is a classic. This is a for classic. Sure. For sure. And this brother's going to be a returner here, hardly initiated. Whenever y'all want me, I'm coming back. I love it. Y'all heard it here. We got it on tape. All right. And listen, we at the end of this joint. I want everybody here before you leave, before you leave, guys, in the chat for everybody here. I want one thing, one new thing that you want to add to your life into 2024. I want you to put it in the chat. I want you to put it into the comments. And I want one thing that you want to take away and mm. or. I would like both. All right. But if you're going to do the bare minimum, just give me one. I want one thing that you want to add into the new year and one thing that you would like to take away going into 2024. Put it right here in the chat. I'm going to read it. I want to chop it up my initiates. You already know you can join the family here at any point in time. I want to see a badge next to more people's names. I want to see us here growing as a family because we got so much in store. You guys have asked us profusely to bring Pastor Brian Meadows here to the platform. So we did this here for you guys. Our initiates, anybody you want. Y'all know y'all let us know. You guys are the North Star of this platform. We're going to keep bringing you this level and we, matter of fact, I'm t I, I just lie. We're taking levels. it to the next, next level, level 100. the next level as we move into this new year with the plans and the visions that we have for the platform and for you guys. So I'm so excited for you guys to see it. So I want to see those comments in there. But other than that, hardly initiated. You got some, Ryan? We out. We are out. I do it.